0: Welcome to Mudville, a podcast about baseball and cinema. I'm Brody Stout. I'm Nolan Ravine. We hope you enjoy.
1: It's Mudville. It's been a long wait. It has been 10 long days. I went home. Brody went home. We've been all over the place. And we saw a couple of fantastic movies we saw greta gerwig's barbie and christopher nolan's oppenheimer and here to discuss them today with us is our very good friend the writer director producer of the upcoming short film growing
2: boy the one and only seamus mulhern oh thank you so much uh appreciate the shout out to growing he's a multi-hyphenate now yeah. multi-hyphenate i'm gonna act in the next one so that that's not confirmed <laughs> but you know fourth hyphen it coming soon no on the ground floor appreciate it He's appreciate the
1: american it. hong sang su they call him the male gritta gerwig
2: <laughs> people have been saying thank you for having me
1: oh absolutely oh. and brody is once again joining us on zoom today he has been
2: all, this is the all, last all over time. the place yeah
1: he'll he'll be back <laughs> next time but this is the last time the mudheads no are rioting
2: in the streets right now
1: the mud balls are like so much the mud balls. They're, they're throwing
2: trash in your window, Nolan. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> rioting outside of the apartment. Every time I go outside, I have to have like security. I hired a really big dude to just walk around. Yeah,
2: and Nolan, protect me. Nolan uh, was really nice. He gave me one of his uh, clean shirts because I'm covered in blood. <laughs> I got the shit beat out of me. <laughs> because they thought i was brody but i wasn't
3: oh
0: it's, man it's,
2: it's been an issue yeah that happens often, you but, guys got yeah. a toxic fan base yeah <laughs> i don't know how that happened
1: ever since we had andrew tate on it's just been a, a disaster
2: yeah
1: um <laughs>
0: <We> also <laughs> skewed our audience towards some people that we don't really want yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
1: that was an unintended consequence yeah. you know when when you chase the fame sometimes you get sometimes you don't know where you're, you're close going to the flame yeah brody what what have you been up to where have you been i i don't even know the answer to this honestly why don't you tell us
0: it's ridiculous so i've i've mainly been home up in westchester um and then this weekend was out in the poconos with a bunch of my friends from high school we got a house um for three days and all two days friday saturday and we just left this morning it was great it was really nice to get away and uh things have been stressful at home with work so it was nice
1: to get out for a bit yeah yeah back home
0: one more week of work and then i'll be back in
1: brooklyn full time (laughs) nice (laughs) well i went home myself last weekend i uh, planned the trip and i completely forgot that it was barbenheimer weekend um so but (laughs) it actually worked out really well because i got to see um oppenheimer with my dad who is a big Christopher Nolan fans the ideal um, audience. Oh, absolutely. It's like such dad. like a dad movie. Yeah. yeah. And that was a spot with
0: my dad. Hey, wow. That's
1: great. I, I think the more people who can see it with their dads, the better. It's it's definitely a every Christopher Nolan movie release is definitely a great mm-hmm. male bonding experience
0: for oh, really like cool. millions <laughs> of people. He is the opposite of Greta Gerwig. <laughs> yeah. 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 We had one for the ladies and one for the boys. (laughs) Lady
1: Bird, I think, unlocked a new level of relationship between a lot of girls and their mothers and maybe oppenheimer will have that same effect (laughs) with their dad because
0: oppenheimer does not pass the bechdel test as i found out this weekend well that's a shocker yeah
2: that is a little surprising you're telling me the movie about the misogynist who cheats on his wife and whose job it is to make sure that the women in his life never talk to each other (laughs) yeah did not (laughs) just did not did not
0: not talk to each
2: other yeah i was
0: (laughs) i was actually i had a debate about it because like um a friend of mine was like it doesn't pass the bechdel test i was like but it is the 40s like that's that was kind of the point.
1: It's the like, Manhattan like,
0: Project. They, but, yeah, listen, Brody,
2: Brody. I, I totally side with you, but you will never catch me having a debate about how like oh no, is good. Bad. I wasn't defending it. I yeah, was yeah, just yeah. saying like it's, uh, I, it, yeah.
0: expecting it to was a little bit uh you know it's bad optics it to be like
2: <laughs> screaming at a woman. You didn't Brody,
0: understand. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, no.
1: matter. Brody is on the four chan forums every yeah. day. He's on. That's, um, uh,
0: that's a bit of a leap yeah
2: <laughs>
1: the mudville podcast is decisively neutral on this issue your, we're gonna your
2: subreddit <laughs> is getting banned for sure
1: whatever the right side of history is we're we're coming down on that yeah but yeah and then so yeah i got, I got to see both of th- these movies over the weekend and uh it was a great time i came back and i saw oppenheimer again i was able to secure one of the last few tickets to a uh, 70 millimeter showing regular i tried to get imax but they were all like sold out for like two weeks yeah um, i did see it in imax it was i wish oh, i saw it cool. in 70
0: millimeter but the imax was cool
1: yeah i think like imax is much more widely available than than 70 uh, yeah. 70 is like only in a few theaters or whatever but yeah. i was able to get a ticket for 70 imax which is it's just going to be coming up now in a few days i booked it like two weeks ago because i was like when can i get into this and it was everything sold out they had like four showings a day probably i'd say three to four hundred seats in that theater it's just an estimate but um and there wasn't anything available for at, at least a week and then the next few days the only Availability was in like the very front row, and I I didn't want to you know break my neck watching a movie, (laughs) so I was like I'll I'll wait two weeks for it, um and then I I booked the ticket I got like a reasonable seat somewhere, um but but then when I got back I also I was like you know what I want to see this movie again because spoiler alert for the podcast but I really liked it it's very good I wanted to watch it again and I wanted to see it in 70 especially because the first time i i watched it in my hometown like i saw it in some Presentation where the very bright whites like looked so bad and like there was some re- like and I know that that sounds like, like the a nitpick. Very
0: bright, well, parts like, of it are very bright, so that's not. Yeah, really
1: yeah, like the especially like the the first twenty minutes or so. Like I actually like looked back to make sure like other people weren't wearing three D glasses and I had like forgotten them because <laughs> I was like this just like kind of. Met. But like the rest of it was fine, and after like twenty minutes or whatever, you know, you didn't notice. But. Right. Um, I saw it again and it looked so much better of course and uh, it, it was it was great to see it with a f- full crowd because the first time wasn't like it was like you know somewhat crowded but when you see something like that especially when it's sold out here for the next ten days you want to see it with a full audience so yeah. um actually famous. on that
0: thread i also i have some numbers about like how they did like box office wise because yeah we'll, my dad we'll was get into that Peter advertising um and he sent me his report that he had to write about it and it's like it's interesting <laughs> it, it was uh just to start we can get into some of them later but it was the fourth biggest weekend ever at the box office yeah <laughs> which is Crazy, crazy. Uh, movies are doing fine, at least for now, or until the writer strike really starts affecting
1: things. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's going to be the studios are going to be pushing back a lot of releases and blaming it on the the strikes, just because you know they're they're afraid that debuting a movie without stars or the cast or whatever is not going to um, is not going to do as well. Okay. And yeah, they're going to try to affect also, the optics. The
0: first- it was the first time two movies both opened for 80 million dollars which is uh, incredible that's surprising that's yeah. wild. insane yeah especially
1: In when movie. when one of them is a three-hour biopic about
2: a physicist I, you a know? bleak bleak yeah. unmarketable movie exactly <laughs> yeah
1: literally
0: yeah. depressing shit you can imagine but yeah
2: before
1: we get into these movies and you know the fact that they were released together and what that says and what it turned into while well, I kind of wanted to talk about like the uh, theatrical experience that that you guys had with it. Um, yeah, Seamus, we'll start with you if you don't mind. Uh, how yeah. did How
2: did you see these movies, and um, what, what were the crowds like? What was oh. it like? Uh, well, I saw both of them, AMC Lincoln Square, um, and I made a I made a day of it. Me and my girlfriend were both very hyped for both movies, and. I mean, even before the Barbenheimer stuff, I was just, like, very fascinated by the fact that they stuck with it both days. Because, it, like, even without the double feature, it's, like, on the surface, it's great counter-programming. Like, I don't think, right. like, you know, the target audience for Barbie um, isn't really on the surface interfering with the target audience for Oppenheimer. It is kind of, like, not to be reductive about it, but it is, like, a Boys Like This, Girls Like This kind of movie. And, like, the kind of people that would see both aren't going to miss one to see the other. They would see both anyway. Um, so even before it, I thought it was like really interesting counter-programming, but you know, I went to Oppenheimer 70 millimeter on at like 1130 AM just cause like, you know, I, I didn't, I did, I, I didn't plan to see a way to
0: start the day. What a way
2: to start the day. I was so hyped for it, but I went in and it's 1130 AM and it's like the most crowded I think I've ever seen a theater in my life. Sea of like pink and black people are beside themselves, like hyped to see these movies and you know, uh, went to barbie at like 7 p.m later on um you know just it, it, it is a ro- like even aside from the fact that it's like a funny movie it, it was like a rollicking it was like an audience experience like people were really hyped about it very like it wasn't like applause or whatever but it was like a lot of like star wars opening night you can tell like positive energy was coming through yeah yeah it's loved hard. it did, yeah. it was a great day at the movies and um yeah, I'm excited to talk about them, man. Uh, yeah. I, I really... It was like the best experience I've had at the movies in a while. That's great. You yeah. always love to hear I, that.
0: I had a fun moment when uh, in Oppenheimer because I had to step out to run to the bathroom real quick. Mm. And... I, uh, while I was in the bathroom, like, you know, some dude followed, like, not like, I don't want to. Yeah. He crazy, followed Brody like, into the bathroom, yeah, but yeah, No, like there was Dudes another Dudes are doing that all, a lot. You didn't know that? No, there, there was, crazy. there happened to be another guy from the theater also going at the exact same time and when we were walking back in. He was like, we were both kind of like jogging a little bit and he was like, I don't want to miss this. And I was like, oh my God, me neither. He was like, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is fun. <laughs> like, this yeah. is a little, different.
2: Um, Just two so, yeah. dudes jogging back from the bathroom. Together. Literally <laughs> jogging.
0: I, God, trying to make sure that we didn't miss that much. I, <laughs> I will fun. say
2: Oppenheimer. I've seen it twice now. And the second time is the only time I think I've ever come out of the movie. And like, there's no line for the women's room, but there's a huge line for the men's room. <laughs> like straight up. I'm not saying like, oh, this is a man, but it is like, damn, like all of, like the World War II buffs came out today. <laughs> right on, the, on at 11 30 a.m to see yeah, this movie. i think they,
0: they shipped out like a, a giant group of like old people to my showing i think oh word like and that they all were getting into afterwards I was like, yeah yeah there was like a huge crowd of we're, old we're
2: going old to the movies people. to watch the news we're going to like, <laughs> <laughs> to watch what happened
1: i remember this they're all like oh yeah, yeah. that guy was my friend high school was <laughs> crazy yeah. yeah i actually had the opposite bathroom experiences you did where i had the like Stereotypical, like there's like a ten mile line for the women's room, and I just like walked by the whole line and just walked right in, and like that was the <laughs> only time I'd ever actually seen that. Like you always hear about how like the line for the women's room is so long, yeah. But I yeah. was like, damn, are these guys like doing a bit or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Had a showing, ridiculous. like just gotten out or
0: something? Or
1: <laughs> I mean, probably. I don't like think like the whole line was like dressed in pink or whatever, but it right. just it was kind of a funny visual, yeah. but sorry to all the women i'm sorry you guys have
2: to deal with that we're talking about barbie we'll talk about it at some point i swear to god yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) i swear to god as for sort of like the fact that these were released together um i think i first saw it described as like the weekend that will break film twitter or whatever and a lot of people were assuming that one of these movies would move and that they would you know each have their own day in the sun to maximize box office reports or whatever but it turned into like a big cultural the event that the fact yeah, that, that they were releasing alongside each other and i think that there's definitely like this layer of um ironic like juxtaposition yeah. between like something yeah, that you absolutely. think is supposed to be like pink and frilly like barbie and then with a guy who d- got the like atomic bomb there's something kind of like yeah, tongue-in-cheek about both of those yeah. being entertainment on the same day um yeah. and i don't know that's just i feel like there's like so much Subtext beneath that, but what I really liked about it was that it—I felt like it was a lot healthier than I kind of expected it to be. Like, it didn't really turn into like a Barbie versus Oppenheimer type no. thing where yeah, people just, were everyone like, everyone
0: was just enjoying the fact that two great movies were like out and like you know, yeah. It's like I think everyone also kind of realized like what it could mean for the, like at least theaters because I mean theaters have been packed, yeah, you know, sure. for you know, a week straight and it's like I think everybody likes seeing a full theater. It's like it's a very communal experience and there's not a lot. And like outside of like sports. So
2: it's two movies we don't really get a lot anymore, which is like one of them is like the three hour adult film and the other is like a big studio comedy with like musical Mm -hmm. elements and like, you know, sort of a Gene Kelly throwback almost. And And that's in the hands of great filmmakers. In the great filmmakers, you know. Like um yeah, we'll, we'll
1: we'll get more into Barbie. And in the
0: a fact second. that both were actually good, like exactly. I mean, they were incredible. Yeah, yeah. Barbie That's... like wasn't actually that good, or like it was too campy or whatever. But it's you know it yeah. wasn't.
1: Like, they're both
0: really no, not fun. at all. That's like
1: the main fun. one thing was really fun. It. The
0: other was really like efficacious in what it was trying to do. So it was like yeah,
1: yeah, like the the fact that I think both of these were the best case scenario for what they they could have been sure. and, that, and that like everybody who like showed up for the event of like both of these movies and going out in a group seeing one going out for like dinner and drinks and then seeing the other and that they both absolutely got their money's worth from both films like that's going to leave a great taste in people's mouths i think going forward like especially yeah. when you have when the theater experience right now is so uh expensive that had turned off so many people and like i don't know that's it's, it's, it's rare at this know, point that i think people too. F- yeah, yeah 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 like a lot of the time i feel like they don't really feel like they are getting their money's worth at, at the theater and with these movies it just didn't seem like that at all because they were such great movies and they were in the hands of such fantastic directors and they really were exactly what they should be needed to be whatever you want to say, um
0: nearly thirty million people went to the movies that weekend that that's was like, awesome on the, in the weekend, yeah, not not since it came out, but in right. weekend, and they're the still
2: weekend. going I mean like second yeah. weekend it's like a forty percent drop. it's like nothing they're yeah. still sold I out I
0: saw it on uh I mean I saw it on Wednesday and it was packed yeah. like it was and I like saw I Bar- said, actually yeah. I did do Barbie or Barbenheimer like the the back to back double feature the double I feature oh okay. okay. did you do it on uh, a saturday or uh a- it's no so I did it so I went to work, got off at three thirty. My dad and I had uh tickets for four fifteen IMAX. Oh um, shit! Forty five minutes away, and we literally sat down two seconds before the Universal logo started. Oh no! Nice. Uh, good,
1: good. Movie ends. We get
0: back. We watched the Yankee game. Bryce gets off the train. My girlfriend, she's coming in from the city. We like we finished watching the Yankee game. Then we went to a ten thirty Barbie. Let's go. Um, so we, like it was a very very busy day. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was uh the worst
1: part of your day was the yankee game
0: it was absolutely (laughs) (laughs) like um it was even worse than work but uh we can we can on that it's not like something that i've really done before like being doubling up and being that excited to do you know multiple things of the same ilk like in one day it was it was an experience which i think uh People also might take from that in that like ways that they have not experienced going to a movie before, and making it like a true new experience, like something that they haven't done. And like you know, making it like like the part the theater going experience is like part of the day. Like it's not just going to see the movie; it's like being at the theater, being in the crowd, and seeing like the like while you're going to Oppenheimer, everyone in pink or uh, the opposite or whatever. Yeah, or, it's it's an event. You know, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. So absolutely.
1: And I I thought that the fact, too, that, like, so many people seemed like... I guess I shouldn't blame it on the audience, but, like, the the fact that, like, studios had not been able to take advantage of what is clearly a robust market for this, like, split programming thing where they release one movie for... Oh, this is going to happen again. Well, yeah, and, you know, it used to happen all the time, and it, it should be happening all the time. Like, studios should be able to release multiple movies for multiple audiences around the, the same time and have them succeed. Like that's what a healthy movie going economy is.
0: The Epstein documentary.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm kinda worried that like studios are gonna like take the wrong lessons from this and you know, moving forward we're gonna see like rock 'em sock'em robots alongside
2: of like well, warm trum- a G.I. Joe, but, but that movie already the, exists. They're yeah. trying to do Saw Patrol right now. They're releasing Saw 10 the same day as like Paul Patrol 2. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah. And that's
2: like their whole new. I don't know. They're I'm, those don't are know a little the, less uh, general audience. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure going. it'll happen again, but it, it has to be like, I don't know. I mean, I guess this goes without saying, but it has to be two movies that audiences are genuinely interested in seeing. Yep, and it right. isn't just like some forced marketing thing. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Napoleon and Wonka are like wide releasing the same day. That could be Actually, something. Napoleon looks work. really
0: good. That like I saw the trailer for that and I, I love those Looks kinds great. of movies. I'm a little uh biased, I think, but Joaquin Phoenix being like, you know, a dictator is really
2: sick and yeah. i'm excited it looks it looks great i mean i'm not like a ridley scott devotee or whatever but Same. i'm i'm so in the bag for that like you know i i loved oppenheimer i want like a three-hour historical dry love film love a period love a period piece, like a period piece. Yeah. yeah no absolutely
1: if joaquin can uh, channel some of that commodus energy i think we're in for a classic nope.
2: yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> And but
1: yeah, do you guys, do you want to get into Barbie? Yeah, sure. All right, let's do yeah. it. Okay, in fairness yeah, to yeah.
2: everyone has, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to a movie baseball podcast, you have seen Barbie. Yes. I don't, I don't really like, I'm going to title
1: this Barbie slash Oppenheimer. Such so a, yeah. I would assume that people who have clicked on this not were interested in those movies no, I'm going to get more clicks.
2: I got to see if Nolan and Brody like oh, Barbie okay. so I can, I can see it. <laughs> so if it's worth my time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. People, yeah, and you're wondering, know, people you're are on the edge of their, their seats. Audience. Yeah. 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 Our sports audience and you're checking in to see if it was good. Go see it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not good movies, but we'll, we'll get into the one right now. Margot Robbie, of course, is Barbie sometimes referred to as stereotypical Barbie. She lives in a perfect reality in her dream house. With the understanding that the outside world is just as perfect as her own reality and that we had solved everything and that gender equality was perfect and so on and so forth. And she lives with all of the other Barbies, you know, President Barbie, writer Barbie, astronaut Barbie, what have you, and the Kens, which only really exist to be around the other Barbies and they don't have much of a purpose of their own. They live to be looked at. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's like, there's an inner competition amongst the kens like mainly ryan gosling and uh simu liu sort of embody that competition like the look at me like they want to be the most ripped or the most handsome they want to get the most attention because that that's their entire purpose um and and so one day barbie starts to discover that she's uh starting to feel weird she's starting to have thoughts of death um her feet become flat as she starts developing cellulite and so she freaks out and she goes to the character uh weird barbie played by kate mckinnon so weird barbie tells her she has to go off into the real world uh and so she drives off and then bang surprise ken is in the back seat and so barbie and ken go off into the real world through this like Multi step journey that is depicted in lo- only like five or ten seconds. Um, and it's like they go through like a boat and a train or whatever, you know. It's like it's she says, don't think about it. Too yeah, much. she says, don't so, think I about guess. it too much. <laughs> so they they get to the real world, and of course, they discover that it's not the utopia that it was described to them as. In fact, the world is run by men, and usually they're not very nice men. There are men at the construction sites who cat call Barbie. There are men in the office of Mattel, men all in all positions of power, which especially uh, horrifies Barbie when a young schoolgirl calls her a fascist. Uh, but Ken takes to these ideas immediately, and he brings the concept of patriarchy back to Barbieland, and uh, the ideology spreads like wildfire. Uh, even the Barbies are into it because they just had to like hang out and you know do whatever. they thought oh this is fun when barbie herself returns she discovers that ken has taken over her house and turned it into his mojo dojo casa house and the kens are now controlling barbie land uh and they only have a day until they sign an amendment to change barbie land into ken land forever margot robbie and her human friends um (laughs) have to team up with all the other barbies to save barbie land all the while the mattel ceo played by will farrell has discovered that a barbie has gotten out into the real world and they must get her back into the box they don't give a fuck about ken but he and his team of bumbling businessmen go on this um comedic attempt to try to capture barbie and they end up all falling over each other, and it, it gets chaotic. And uh, that's the plot of Barbie. <laughs> that's the plot of
2: you. You nailed it. You got yeah. all the beats in there.
1: Um, Seamus, what did you think of this movie?
2: I liked it a lot. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I was kind of going into it. I love Greta Gerwig. I think Lady Bird and Little Women are two of the best American movies of, uh, I don't know, our time. And... I guess I was a little nervous going into it because I think, you know, the expectation is it's going to be like sort of a like a corporate studio film with a lot of forced meta humor, which it kind of does have. But ultimately, it was like a really charming movie. Great script. Um, I think Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling deliver two of the best performances uh, I've seen all year. And we can kind of get into it. And obviously, if you're going to talk about the Barbie movie, you're going to talk about Ryan Gosling. But I think... What I think is really unsung about it so far at least is I think Margot Robbie gives the best performance in the movie. I think she's yep. really strong presence, uh, a lot harder character to bring to life. Um I don't know. I think she's at a really interesting point in her career. Yeah. She's had a lot of crazy roles. Like, I she's, mean, this yeah. is
0: definitely the most different that she's had. Starring role
2: too. Starring role. And also, I mean, you know, you can talk about her as Harley Quinn for days. I think those are movies that aren't really beloved. By a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) I think she's sort of Harley Quinn in spite of the quality of those films. And this is the first time where she has sort of an iconic role that a lot of kids, a lot of people are seeing. Um, I think this is like her Iron Man role. This is like, I think kids are going to see this movie and be like, you know, in the same way Robert Downey Jr. was not Robert Downey Jr. He was just Tony Stark. He was Iron Man. I think she's going to be Barbie for a lot of young people. And I'm interested to see where her career goes because obviously she's very talented, but is she going to lean on this role and do like three more? Is she going to, you know, try to break out of this sort of mold? I mean, I guess we'll see, but I mean, she's, she was incredible in it. Um, really impressive that,
1: stuff. It was
0: interesting for her. Cause she, she broke into Hollywood being like her character was literally just like the objectified, you know, the mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street. Character we're talking role. About, yeah. 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 And then, you know, so she literally gets to, you know, lean in and have a whole piece about, you know, like what you know what that yeah. means like the whole, whole yeah what place. it means
2: and then tonally it's like the complete opposite of Wolf- like showing off what kind of range she has um i liked babylon a lot but i think my problem with it was that character i feel like i've seen her do the the like the the, the long island accent a Absolutely. million times and shit. yeah but yeah no barbie was just like exactly what i wanted like a total palate cleanser for her really good comedic timing and chops and also just like very emotional I don't know if you guys cried at the end, but I sort of got the vibe that everyone in the audience was crying. Um, But uh, yeah, no, really strong stuff. What uh, what did you guys think?
1: Well first of all i i totally agree that this is such well first of all i I agree that margot robbie is the best part of this movie i think it's a performance that can be easily taken for granted uh, given that you know barbie the entire movie falls on her shoulders so some of that lens goes towards the porting cast you know the environment surrounding her whatever but it can be easy to look past the fact that she is really really good in this movie And like you said, Seamus, she embodies a character that is
2: very, very difficult to bring to life. Because the whole character is just like, I don't have a character. Like, I don't have an identity. And I think, like, that could so easily go off the rails.
1: Absolutely.
0: Stereotypical Barbie being just, like, (laughs) like not anything more than just, like, a pretty doll to play with. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, like, um, to what you said, Brody, like, that Wolf of Wall Street, I think, is such, like, singular movie, like culturally because it's such a fantastic movie and yet... (laughs) Millions and millions of people watched it and were like, "This dude rocks!" Like everything yeah. in this shirt, like, everybody missed the point. Like it's, 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 it's like it's every like fifteen year old boy's like favorite movie. Like you know what it's I mean? Club. It's my it's um, Fight Club. Same idea. Yeah. So like I and like I, I think everything in that movie was incredibly successful. Like that is a compulsively rewatchable movie.
2: It's a movie everyone's seen. Yeah. It's, yeah. It,
1: exactly. exactly. Like and at, at the same time, like it it went over everybody's head. So like. The perception of her in that movie, of course, is so like sexualized, and that was like her um, introduction to the U.S. audience, especially, but really to to any audience, the world, yeah, yeah to the world, and um, that could have very easily affected her career. Like, I, like, there's there's certainly a world where that draws like a parallel to what happened with like Megan Fox and Transformers, like how she how she was also so, like, a movie yeah. about toy. Totally. <laughs> yeah yeah but and then you know moving forward like once upon a time in hollywood is like one of my favorite movies like i i think she's incredible in that and i think she was utilized very well in that at the same time there was a lot of uh criticism about that movie like yeah. a lot of like anytime you know tarantino puts out a movie especially like where i think film culture was in like 2019 like it was open to a lot of public (laughs) criticism
2: very different world Yeah.
1: yeah so like i can go back and i could watch once upon a time in hollywood anytime i think that's a movie where everybody's firing on all all cylinders and then like like we said with harley quinn like it's It's so strange because like that that's a movie that i think is seen in the eyes of most people as being like a disappointment or as being bad but at the same time like it has its audience like there are so many people that will just ride or die for those movies ride
2: or die and also just like I don't know. We'll see what young people now think of it in like 10 years when it's like their yeah. cultural artifact or whatever. But like, will there be any um, revisionism? Yeah, yeah. If there's going to be some revisionism for yeah. it. I, I think, especially Birds of Prey, there's a lot of stuff you can go into on mm. that. But like, yeah, I mean, this is the first one where it's like Margot Robbie is basically saying, I'm a, for better or worse, I am a movie star. And hopefully, it's not just like what happened with Robert Downey Jr., which I mean, we'll get into it on Oppenheimer, but like he was kind of playing the same role for. 15 years and i kind of hope that doesn't happen but if it does i mean hey she's she's good at this yeah like for better or worse
1: that's like the, that's the kind of thing like i i didn't know where to like put that in but there's such an interesting parallel between like robert downey jr iron man and that whole thing and christopher nolan himself directing the dark knight right. and with what that turned like blockbusters into for the next like 15 years and to,
2: to spin that into something i feel like greta gerwick is also this is her dark this is her Dark Knight moment. Yeah, I think it is. It's going to make as much money as Dark Knight did. And also, like, it has, like, this iconic supporting performance. And mostly, it's just like, uh, she's a beloved director, but I think she's beloved to, like, us, to, like, to people to go see movies actively and stuff, and people who will, like, go out for indie movies in the same way Nolan was for, like, Memento and, um, I guess The Prestige was also big at that time. But just like, yeah, this is like where she's becoming a household name. Like cross
3: name. over.
0: Like she's now, crossing
2: yeah. over, yeah. And she's going to start making big movies with sort of an artful bent. Like she's doing Narnia next. I'm interested in that. But it is the thing of like, making another Narnia? She's wow. making another Narnia. Greta Gerwig right. is That's making right. Narnia now. She's wow. gonna make at least two for Netflix, I think. I'm kind of well, scared of that personally. I'm scared. I'm sure it's gonna be good. I'm excited.
1: Like I, 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 hope it's good. It, it. The only thing with that though is it like does now, give off the only sense. gonna
2: do existing IPs or is there? Like I, think, I hope no? not. I think the she basically her agent said like she she's always wanted to do like big scale movies. She wants to do what Nolan does basically. Sure. Um, I don't know if that means Oppenheimer type of stuff i think it just means like yeah she wants like a blank check she wants to be a big studio director yes, as yeah. well like wait she wants Kate blanchett uh no like a blank check <laughs> type of carte, carte oh, right. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. Um, yeah well actually using that terrible joke to piggyback off it i want to talk about the comedy in this because i was very i know or uh Seamus, i shared your skepticism and what this was even gonna be because it, yeah. you know toy movie and like you know i i just i kind of wasn't really sure if it was going to be like fun or, you know, like, like an advertisement, but I like from the very beginning, like when uh, the idea of having everything kind of like go wrong off the bat and make you realize, and then they start making fun of Mattel. It's like, Oh, okay. So it's aware that this is like, not, yeah. It's it's self-aware that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah. And then, um, I like every performance I thought like comedically was perfect. There was no, like nothing fell flat when someone was trying to be funny. It didn't work. Like I, Will Ferrell was perfect Kay or, Uh, Kay McKinnon, as you said earlier, was like, she steals the entire scene and she's in the movie for like five minutes. And <laughs> it's like, you know, it's yeah. perfect. Um, then, uh, yeah, and then Margot Robbie herself, like the scene when she shows up in the real world and has to deal with the kid and then goes outside and is crying. She goes, she um, called me a fascist. Yeah. I don't control the railways yeah. or the flow of commerce. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to be careful when talking about this because like I feel like it's hard to talk about comedies on a podcast without it turning into like the Chris Farley show. <laughs> I just, I want to be like, you remember the part where Ryan Gosling is like yeah. sublime? Like that was like, awesome. That was so
1: funny. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I liked, I thought Will Ferrell was pretty good in this. Um, I thought the real world stuff was the weakest, okay. but
0: really, I, well, I thought the Mattel stuff was actually the strongest, but I <laughs> really? yeah.
2: okay. totally disagree with you. There. To- I thought the Mattel stuff was kind of weak. I agree with you. The part where they came to the real world, um, was was great i liked the construction worker scene um yep. Yep. the billboard gag i thought was really good mm-hmm. the miss america the
1: old That's woman really on the bench I liked Supreme that. Court, yeah. oh yeah
2: the old woman on the bench is like i mean i guess that-
0: that was beautiful. Beautiful, that was beautiful like, stuff. That was really... Beautiful. I liked,
2: like, the shot of, like, the
1: trees and the wind right before that. Like, I don't know why. Like, that just... That appealed to me so... Like, it's just to kind of, like, sit in that moment for a second. Yeah. Just, I I found that really nice. And, like, yeah. I saw some well, people calling it corny or Robert whatever. I, I thought it was...
0: Right. And, like, all that. And, like, you know, everything is perfect. And then seeing, like, flaws and all these, like, little tiny things that make, you know, human and all that. Like, I thought right. that was fun but the reason i think the mattel scene was like the this uh, maybe not the strongest i shouldn't say the strongest but it was definitely uh, i thought very well executed in that like they're literally you know that movie opens like the cre- like the the production credits mattel has their logo like first like you know it's their yeah. it's their product like yep. and then to make them all literally you know colorless robotic you know people and know the the board of all all men and then like you know she's trying to figure out what what is going on with that and then the line where will ferrell is like saying i'm the son of a mother i'm the mother of a
2: son and some of my best
0: friends are jewish (laughs) (laughs) i just
2: yeah no i mean you could say what you want about will ferrell just in terms of like
0: i thought this was his best performance in a long time to be honest
2: oh yeah well i mean he hasn't it's really not been, a very high bar Will Ferrell's not know, been he hasn't done any lighting what, up the screen like yeah like,
0: you know, i like his comedic muscles very well i thought
2: <laughs> i thought was, I, I like the idea of like a well-intentioned he is kind of like a sincere feminist corporate guy like he is very sincere about what he does and it's almost like he's lacking self-awareness or like his his yeah. capitalist interests kind of override right. that without him realizing it's
0: not nefarious necessarily it's just like unaware (laughs) it's stuff like
2: that where it's like you can see why mattel kind of let it go where it's like oh okay these are like well-intentioned villains but it is Mm -hmm. like it's very um it's a delicate balance they're trying to achieve with this character
1: absolutely um i feel like the barbie movie was an idea long before like a reality and so like knowing that automatically everything in this movie like every joke every line had to like pass through so many levels of Mattel executives like I think it's definitely valid to say that that kind of like waters down what the movie could be and like lowers the the ceiling a bit to be like okay like if there's a joke at mattel's expense it's one that they deemed like wasn't harmful enough to like cut from the movie from a pr standpoint or like that could add to the public perception that they're like a self-aware corporation that is like self-deprecating sometimes and that like you can you can engage with in a, a feminist way
2: even like i don't know they made a lot of jokes about the supreme court which are funny and um but it is like part of me is like You know there is like a woman on the supreme court but if you made a joke about yeah no but if you said that she was awful that takes away like 10 million dollars at the box office yeah like that exactly like there is that kind of element of like we we can't we i mean the movie is somewhat i don't want to say it's political it has social commentary but i think it's very much like we need to get as close to the line as as we are allowed to get yeah which is kind of a blessing that occurs
0: like a friend of mine who saw it first said like it was you know um like very basic critiques of like you know modern feminism and yeah. like the you know, like it's there's nothing that's being said where you're gonna like expand your uh you know your your ideology and yeah. whatever I don't, that's not a good way to say No, that, but, but it's a, a like it, it's yeah, you know, mm. but it but it's still like it makes its point well, and mm. it's you know, it's not a point that doesn't need to be made. so it's, yeah. you know it works <laughs> yeah,
2: if they said something like in incur- like something evil or something, it'd be like, all right, for like whatever. but like, you know, I mean, it is like not to lower the bar, but it is a movie primarily marketed to like high school age kids. It is a movie <laughs> like mainly for young audiences, which I mean, you know, this stuff, the the whole patriarchy aspect, it is kind of going to open a lot of eyes of young people in a way that I don't think a lot of blockbusters have in a minute. But um yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah it, it it's good. I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, there's some jokes that don't work for me, but I came oh, out of it smiling. I came out of it. I love the Rhea Perlman stuff. I loved all that. Oh yeah, that was cute. That was fun. Or, I think. This
1: movie made me laugh more than, than any other movie I've seen that that's come out this year. Sure, like I thought like, I, found, I thought I it was a very strong script, comedic, like laugh out loud funny. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah. I, I like I just can't shake the feeling that like obviously the the real life Mattel CEO is like hyped about this movie. Like this is the best thing that's happened to them in like decades. Yeah, so. Funny they can joke about having an all male board or about like corporate feminism or whatever but like I I don't know like he had to sign off on this so like being portrayed in this way like I I do think it kind of like takes away from any Political points that the movie tries to score, which, yeah. and like, I, I, there were also some times where I felt like it was trying a, a little too hard to, like, get it in front of any, like, potential criticism. I laughed at the white savior Barbie line, yeah but, like, I did kind of get the sense of, like, oh, they're, they're gonna, like, people are gonna say that this is white savior Barbie, so if we throw this line in,
2: you know, maybe that'll, like, defer. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's, like, a bad faith reading on my part, but it is, like, the, I don't want to say Joss Whedon thing. I get what you're saying, where it's like we we this can't be a criticism because we acknowledge it type of thing, right? I guess Ryan Johnson kind of does that sometimes. Yeah, which I think he does it. I I enjoy. I think he does it well. I think he does it well. Yeah, but Um, like to an extent, does he need to do it at all? (laughs) No, you know what it is. It's the Lord and Miller thing. It is the twenty two Jump Street thing of like, oh, sequels suck. Like I hate that we're doing the same thing twice. And it's like it's funny but how often can you say that before it's like all you right you guys it's still... know
0: who the CEO of Mattel is? I don't. know. <laughs> I just looked it up. It's interesting. Who um it? He's uh, his Saddam name is Hussein. No. It, no, his <laughs> name is Enon Kreitz, I'm assuming. Um Does he own the Cincinnati Reds or something? He uh he's an Israeli businessman. Uh No I don't comment. Really, this is surprising. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Um, Anyway, (laughs) okay, great, awesome, and their own mind Israeli businessman. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot to say about this,
2: Brody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He kind of looks like I don't know, a little bit like Joe Girardi. Are we (laughs) roasting the Mattel CEO now? (laughs) No, my point, my point is just that, like the joke that they're trying to make. You're completely right. It's just like it's like is he going
2: to step down and
3: like...
1: No, <laughs> yeah. I'm no, sure no, it is he's the he's thing the of real. Like,
2: Greta Gerwig probably met him and it was the same thing of like... It, it is a guy but it is just like oh like we're trying to empower women or whatever which like i mean yeah it, it, it's like a comedy central roast almost or something right yeah it, it's like the whole movie is like the last five minutes of a roast where they're like you know like jonah hill like i love you bro like you know <laughs> you're you're a piece of you shit took but it you know so what? well yeah bro like you know I, i've been making movies with you for years <laughs> like that sort of shit <laughs> Um,
1: yeah. I'll see you out there, bro. I'll see you out there, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get that. It's like <laughs> I feel like the people who kind of had the initial criticisms of like it sucks that an artist like this is baking like at this point in in her career is like signing up to make like a sponsored content movie.
2: All right, bro. You want to you want to pay for fucking Lady Bird too? You can go ahead. I mean, the problem I'm is, not paying for. No, it. exactly. It's just like well, okay, like. First of all, You're it's like for
0: a ticket. You yeah. It's
2: the thing of like, w- would you rather work for Big Oil or would you rather work for the nonprofit and not be able to buy a house? It's, yeah. It is that, but it's also just like, I, th- I get the sense of reading her interviews where it's like, damn, like she kind of does just want to work in this space. Like, right. I think it's like an interesting challenge to want to direct like a big set like this. I agree. Just the beautiful, yeah. the beautiful like production design that they do is like.
0: Yeah, I was about to say the set design of this movie was amazing.
2: I, I like, yeah.
0: was genuinely blown away when it opened up on like Barbie Land, and I was like, "Holy shit, this yeah. is real!" Like they made this
2: set like this. This yeah. is amazing. Did you hear like, about uh, the, the the paint shortage? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the pink they paint shortage. Much pink paint. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's just so cool. Yeah, it's like I feel like this is her trying to i mean take like oh like a corporate product and sort of turn it into like an opportunity to level up as a filmmaker and to like do more elaborate stuff if it was just like a cgi set green screen margot robbie or whatever i think those complaints would be more valid but it is the sense of like she's trying to expand it isn't just like a cash grab it is like she's trying to make something meaningful to her
1: yeah and like, i certainly think that this is like the best possible version of like what th- this movie could be and like i'm certainly very happy with like what what she did with it um like the main point that i was trying to get into were like the, the people who were like saying this stuff like long before the movie came out who like had the like preconceived notions or whatever of like what the movie was going to be like it's it's very difficult Within the parameters of a movie that needs to pass through the the Mattel corporation to like to rid yourself of those like of like that you know pervasive thought, I think and yeah, maybe that is too harsh of a criticism like this she did an incredible job like we should definitely shout out the two thousand and one a space odyssey intro like I, I thought that was a lot of fun yeah um like if if anybody and i'm sure they will like if any like young kid sees that movie and they sign signed the window they're like oh shit like barbie like i feel like that's cool like that immediately makes a connection to like an all-time classic and yeah. like i'm always appreciative of, of like anything that like helps that become more accessible yeah for young people and like this this definitely will do that i think like as a cultural event like the fact that so many people were out wearing pink and they were going out to the theater to see a Greta Gerwig movie. Like that is awesome. Yeah. And that, I I think that that certainly supersedes like, you know, the fact that this is Mattel like sponsored content. Um, And at the same time, like personally for me, like it, it does like water it down a little bit just it's obviously a question of the film economy too whereas like you would hope after making ladybird and little women that greta gerwig would be able to do anything but you know i also hoped that after moonlight and if if beale street could talk that barry jenkins would do the same thing and then his his next projects have been like buried by amazon streaming so it's like it's a shitty environment for young filmmakers or like filmmakers around their age i think I think Barry Jenkins is a little older than, than Greta Gerwig, but and it's like, I, I don't know, like, is, is she getting these, these blank checks? Like, is this her blank check movie? Like, could she only get a blank check to sign on with Mattel? Like, I, I don't know. So, like, there are definitely things that I don't want to be skeptical about without knowing anything about them like i don't want to assume anything about like the process of this movie like in in bad faith you know especially when it it's so entertaining and it it is so good sure ryan gosling was also very good yes yes ryan gosling was fantastic as ken Ken. um i thought simu liu doesn't really have he has no juice. juice he has no he has juice no whatsoever juice. we were saying the same no thing cash. he has
2: no juice juiceless person he's a
1: juiceless individual um, i so. playing a himbo but he might be a himbo yeah like.
2: yeah yeah no he's like yeah
1: if it's metacasting very funny but there needed to be a better like antagonist ken like the whole ryan gosling versus the other ken like has a lot of more potential like as an idea than what Simu Liu was able to to bring to it like there were so many better people that could have gone into that literally
2: like, just pick like any of the Top Gun Glenn Powell I was it. thinking yeah. Glenn yeah. Powell yeah like, easy
1: layup too white, maybe that could be a potential criticism. Yeah, but, but they're, like, I, don't I don't know. know M- they're, Manny they're Jacinto, tens. I
2: think, could have. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, oh, he would have well, been great. He, he just played. He, that's the character on Good Place or whatever. But, yeah, yeah, you know. But hey, what's Wait, fine. Which one? Um, the, the guy from Good Place, like
1: Jason, the guy who was obsessed with like Blake Bortles.
2: Oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah. He would have been good. Yeah. Actually, nobody, nobody was especially bad in it. I, I thought the supporting cast was mostly solid. And when paired with Oppenheimer, where it's like every every little guy and girl in that movie is just hitting dingers in every scene. <laughs> like like Dane DeHaan will get like five minutes and just fucking knock All it out of the park. Punchable. And like, yeah, you know, Michael Sarah comes in and he's like really good. He's yeah, great in the exactly. movie. America Ferreira, great. You know, really, really good. Does does what they're asked of. I don't really I, I wish they had more moments to like elevate. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, who I, I, Dane I it's not really a good oppenheimer
1: he was the guy with the glasses that was like where he was like the like staunch like anti-com no he was the like staunch anti-communist that was like hesitant to give oppenheimer his credentials and he like had the glasses and the very punchable face
2: yeah yeah that movie nichols nichols is the character's name that's the the general Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 yes he's great um yeah, yeah no great movie great movie
1: no complaints absolutely i, I really liked uh, america ferrara and uh the girl who oh. paid her daughter i yeah, don't they know were what great that too i
0: forget name. they're like you know main supporting characters
2: they were fantastic i thought did, she was great the daughter was good like it was Dur- during her uh monologue did you guys get applause breaks at your screenings no, no because
1: um it wasn't it wasn't very packed for me like yeah. I saw it just at, like a small town. Did place. anyone clap for you Brody when when she
0: the... no, well I was at the 10:30 show and it wasn't actually yeah it wasn't that yeah. full.
2: I I did see it twice. The the first time it was completely full. There was no uh no applause. Damn. No, no. I I but, there was a big okay. big one at mine. Which was very because you know feels earned it doesn't feel like the kind of moment that's like it's definitely a bill Maher like pause for applause type of thing right yeah oh god where he just sits and waits (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) but like also like that that monologue knows its audience so well like it knows exactly how to like it's it's gonna hit those beats so well and like i could like like i said i wasn't watching it in a packed theater but i imagined that like theaters all over the world really going going crazy for that yeah sure um and well deserved it was a good monologue she performed it well um Oh, how did the uh, studio note play for you guys when Oh, when great. Helen, yeah. great. I think that's the best joke in the movie. I honestly. agree. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was my yeah. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, and like, I, I guess probably my, my last thought on Barbie, like, going forward is um, it's going to be super interesting to see, like, how the movie climate reacts to this. Um, like, I, I know there's, like, already a a line of like other toy movies lined up i'm I'm not like super worried about all of those becoming realities or whatever like i think it's very likely that either they'll continue to do it right and they'll they'll do what they did here and they'll find great directors and they'll find a great script and committed stars and they'll like make it they'll like actually put work and care into like some of but these that's, that's how movies. Marvel started and then it <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah it no
2: awesome. it, it, it's a slippery slope to just turn into slop. and also beyond that it's like the fact that an American comedy is going to make a, b- a billion dollars at the box office is crazy yeah like Austin Powers too is like one of the biggest movies ever if that made a billion dollars like in a non-American audience that would be insane to me because like our comedies don't translate you know yeah. yeah that that's actually that's a really good point it's true yeah it's like getting you
0: know international play where like people love it everywhere it's yeah. like yeah um but to your uh concern nolan i have a really bad feeling about what oh this is gonna be yeah no
1: i i said one six. of two options and the the other is well actually one of three the other one is they just churn out a bunch of slop which is probably the most likely but the other is like sure. maybe they they like make like one or two that underperform and they get the sense of like you know what what barbie was able to achieve and like it just becomes quick and like the the public eyed for people to realize that 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 isn't something that's just like easily repeatable like you can't right. capture lightning in a bottle like that you know and especially with the whole barbenheimer like cultural phenomenon I like think, I think they're gonna try to do that so other. much oh they absolutely did they they helped each other 100 percent. i think it was this was this was pretty much the best case scenario for what this weekend could have been. Yeah, like this this got so many people back to the movies. Like
0: also well, a ton of free press because everybody and their mother was talking about how it was like the event of the century and, and like you know yeah.
1: literally and like I saw it with my mom. Like everybody was, <laughs> everyone's I mother's also like saw it with movies. my mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but so I I don't know. I mean, we'll see what what like impact this has moving forward yeah. like but also like i don't know pop popular movies have all have always like spawned shitty knockoff so like i'm not gonna like fault yeah that this movie too hard fair, like-
0: transformers <laughs> kind of didn't like this is really like a spiritual like you know in the vein of that where it's like the toy movie and yep. making it like sure. a world or whatever but like transformers movies are massive everywhere and they didn't really do that so they you know, they maybe. tried
2: to make like battleship but it sank and i think yeah it's like a <laughs> was that a pun? <laughs> yeah no no well, yeah yeah but it was just like you know i i think american audiences are smarter than we think i think if something is slop they're going to recognize it and I, I think they do i think that's why nobody gives a shit about marvel anymore
1: yeah that's what's starting to happen i think the wheels are certainly falling off for all these like sequels and franchises where you have to watch like movies and tv shows and you have yeah, to scratch off cool. like mcdonald's it's parody of to yeah. get I mean, the
2: it's lore ridiculous. for the show yeah Bro- brody are you yeah. still are you watching any like the disney plus shows the marvel shit no me neither i i don't know a single person who's like seen Damn. secret invasion
1: some of my friends from last back week, home like samuel
0: l jackson is one of the biggest movie stars on the planet disney is the biggest production company on the planet they are having a tv show that's currently running and i haven't heard a single thing
1: about it that's yeah. crazy yeah uh, some of my friends yeah. from from back home like keep up with that stuff um and they they were saying like in the chat like the Secret Invasion finale sucked ass like so like even the the fans of that stuff are, are not into it. Who yeah. um, okay. cares? Yeah. Does does anybody else have anything to add on Barbie?
0: Um. I hope Margot Robbie gets to do more like comedic roles from yep. this. Um, she's Not like yeah. the same. Not the same character, but just gets to like be in stuff where she gets to really like act because mm-hmm. she's really funny and oh. is a really good character
1: actor. Oh, I was gonna ask uh Seamus, were there any moments where you thought like particularly like had a like Noah Baumbach touch, like were there anything where you could see like maybe he wrote that joke or Um Like I felt like maybe the like Proust Barbie thing could have been him.
2: Yeah, oh pra- yeah, Proust yeah. Um where, what like, was
1: that joke? Will Farrell said like remember Proust Barbie? That didn't sell very well. Like assuming it, it was is, like, I don't even know what that was going for. It's like a a reference to like Marshall, classic Proust, yeah. French literature like a barbie that like remembered the smell of a whatever that thing is that like brought her back to her the floor the the floor
2: was rugged with a rug on it's kind of a niche joke the the awning was yellow and raindrops dripped from yeah i don't know but um, I don't know. I guess the depression Barbie, just because I associate sure. Noah Baumbach yeah. with depression.
1: The picture of them at the uh, basketball game, where like Greta Gerwig's looking so hyped, and then Noah Baumbach looks so sad. Like yeah. I feel like that was kind of the spirit of what a lot of people were going into this this weekend of like the movies, expecting like one to be like up, happy, and and the other one to be so sad, and like they both dealt with like existential dread. And like I don't yeah. know, I, I felt like the fact that it was a double feature for so many people of, like, the atomic bomb and, like, the fallout that 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 has had on the world for decades and always will, and then this, like, corporate thing is, like, that as an idea. Like that's a very funny yeah. representation yeah. of the past, like I 70, years. I wouldn't call Oppenheimer
0: sad. It was like dreadful in like the definition of the word. Like, yeah, just, like, no, we'll,
1: we're going like, to just get into it. I, That'll do it for uh, Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Uh, we, we, everybody thumbs up for this movie thumbs i think yeah absolutely uh we're, we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back to discuss oppenheimer the new film from christopher nolan so we will be right back hell
2: yeah hi bobby
1: All right, welcome back to Mudville. We are discussing a true behemoth of a movie, Christopher Nolan's three-hour Oppenheimer, the biopic starring Killian Murphy of J. Robert Oppenheimer, the man who built the atomic bomb. A movie like this was very refreshing to watch, and I wanted to watch this one on its own. I, I didn't do the double feature, just sort of coincidentally but i think it that it was for the best because this really was a movie that i think needs to be absorbed kind of all at once and like it requires some time to unwind and like think about it because it's really it's so dense like there are so many stories here being interwoven and um so many implications not only for The movie itself but for the world after the events of the movie occurred and even leading up to today so like the sense that this is really like an immersive movie like especially when you add the 70 millimeter imax screenings and like the idea that that is the preferred format to watch this in and that you know it's the nuclear bomb going off um, from a, a director who is known for making movies that also serve as spectacles. It's really an event as much as it is a movie release, something like this, at least in terms of like the public eye. But uh, I, I guess I'll start off by asking the same question I did for Barbie. Uh, Seamus, what was your theatrical experience with this, and uh, how did you enjoy it? Uh,
2: I saw it regular 70mm no IMAX, um, to my chagrin. Uh, I got back row seats, sold out, whatever. Um, I mean, I am i don't want to say I'm mixed on Nolan because I like all of his movies, but I went, to, went into it not really knowing what to expect. Um, I came out of it... It was immediately apparent to me that this movie's a masterpiece. Immediately, just like, this is one of the movies of our generation we'll just be talking about forever. Um, really dramatic. I just... It's it's a beautiful screenplay and it's just a story of like a hundred people that they all have their own motivations and things going on and they all have their little like two minute anecdote scenes and they're all really interesting. It's just like, I think if if I had to choose like my best supporting actor nominations, it would just all be guys from this movie. <laughs> I can't really imagine unless like you know Ferrari or whatever is like the best movie of the year. Or Killers of the Flower Moon, I'm yeah. sure is going to have
0: De Niro. De Niro is going to body
2: I'm it. Sure. But just like oh my.
0: Wait, when is that coming out? That's October. October.
2: Um, that is going to be really. It's going to be. Yeah. Have you re-
1: have you guys read the book? Not yet. I'm going to read it before the movie comes it's out. It's a fucking incredible book. David grand just published a new book about like the high seas
2: very recently yeah it's called i gotta gotta read read that too i worked i've seen it at work i did an internship under his uh his wife that's right and i got a free copy of that book and i was like i kind of read it just like oh you know like i i know somebody who knows somebody where i read it but i ended up just like pouring through it because it's just so interesting and well written. Really incredible incredible book. Um,
1: I gave it to my dad for Christmas I think or maybe Father's Day or his birthday was one of those holidays. The the way I I see it,
2: it that or Ferrari by Michael Mann are potentially the only movies that could overtake this as the best of the year. But I I walked out of it thinking like this is the best a movie can be really.
1: Yeah um, (laughs) I, I certainly got the sense like especially on a scene by scene basis like this is a movie that has so many unforgettable scenes that just are executed brilliantly like whether that is of course the trinity test sequence that is probably the most impressive thing christopher nolan has ever pulled off as a filmmaker or is just the like inner uh workroom scenes that like expose the sociopathy of the uh, american government like when casey affleck shows up for a few minutes and matt damon is like you met this guy and like they aren't showing his face and then you see casey affleck and like that could like play so badly but casey affleck is so good in this role that like it works he's so good in the
2: role and also like I mean, not to get into his personal life or whatever, but, like, the fact that he's just been gone for so many years because of controversy and to have it, like, build... Like, you hear his voice and you're like, no way. They, yeah. No way they got him back. Like, it it, it almost works as, like... It, there's the meta level of, like, damn, like, this is really suspenseful because knowing that, like, they're about to show it's Casey Affleck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like on, under the surface yeah. of that. It's like if you cast, like vincent
1: gallo as a chilean fascist or something it would be
2: like <laughs> if you made a movie in like 2001 and like andrew dice clay was like <laughs> the evil guy or whatever and you're like no way the dice man is in this movie <laughs> no way dice. yeah
1: yeah and like structurally i feel like it's 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 totally like it's a, a three-hour movie that is told really in three parts where like the first hour seems like it's it's building up like a typical biopic structure sort of but like the cutting between all of that and like the way that it's able to balance all that like there are a few like you know christopher nolan kind of corny lines of of dialogue here and there like none i think to the extent of some of the ones that have like gone viral from like the dark knight or something like that but hockey pads yeah (laughs) yeah but like like something like that for an hour that has to summarize as much as this one does like i think is like almost
2: excusable i think the worst it gets is which not even like it's the worst it gets in the sense that it's not bad but there is like the john f kennedy yes yeah like I, that i agree with we him. gotta go it meet like albert einstein. senator from
0: massachusetts he's yeah. trying to make a name for himself yeah. oh you got the name it's uh kennedy yeah i gotta go Stop. see this
2: scientist you haven't heard of him his name is albert einstein yeah <laughs>
1: yeah yeah. the, the <laughs> well, you know jfk name drop is very like marvel kinda but
2: like i mean yeah. but it was fine it's like, an audience like, moment for and i guess the yeah.
1: line like you're not just self-important you're actually important like is a little like it's fine but it's it's, it's it's, it's like it's sticky. It's not something that you could picture somebody saying like in the moment. Like it's something that like, okay, now we know this guy is important. But like, like if I was like, like if I had like a friend who was doing something cool, like yeah. I, I wouldn't say that. to. Them. I'd be like, what are you I'd doing? Like what? You'd be like, what? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay. <Sorkin. laughs> do You ever see the wire? Yeah. Well, there's, the first few seasons. Yeah. You see the,
2: the, there's the part in the first episode where he has the meat McNulty comes in and he has the meeting with his boss and the boss like holds up his middle fingers and he's like these are both for you McNulty. <laughs> like if like if my boss did that to me i'd be like what the fuck are you doing like, <laughs> like what what are you trying to be cool like what's going on <laughs> like, what is
1: what is this what yeah yeah yeah. i feel like this is a like legal
2: violation yeah and it's also like all right i'm gonna tell hr you yeah 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 uh i'm recording this on my cell phone yeah uh brody what what did you think
1: of oppenheimer
2: <laughs> Yeah, i think we've trying. been talking i
0: I think the thing that stuck with me the most was how well it was paced and how effective it was at getting a lot of very important information that, you know, you really, you know, you need to know like the background of who he is and why he is in the position that he's in. Uh, The way that you learn all of that so fast and like, again, making you keep up with that movie is like, it it would be really easy to just kind of like there is a lot of happening right here and feel like overwhelmed, but it's not yeah. and it, like, it's not overwhelming. It is like perfectly presented and just I, like masterfully like explained, yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, you get introduced with this character and you really go through his entire, I mean, the, the, to open it with him trying to poison his professor. Yeah. And then like, like that's genius. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which, he has- Yeah.
2: It tells you so much about who he is. And it's like a thing yeah. that actually happened. Mm-hmm and it's like i don't know you can't open that movie any other way like it really just it's the perfect perfect way
0: for him to well also not even not to like go to a dance but to go for (laughs) go to a talk with neils board to ask a
2: question he already asked because he liked hearing the answer right Um,
0: right right yeah i mean genius and like i thought so i actually i was like timing it because i was curious the exact two-hour mark is when they finish the t- uh, the Trinity test. Really? Wow! Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, that's cool. Exactly at the two-hour mark. So I was I was curious, and also, well, I'd, <laughs> quick aside, um, Josh Peck. Delivering like the 20 seconds and then being the one to push the button that changes the world is really fucking surreal. Yeah, (laughs) it it honestly, it really sucked me out of it, like, which is a shame because you know, he wants to be a a legitimate actor, I'm sure. It's just so hard, he hasn't really done in the movie. Oh, yeah, he is good. Um, No, he was good. I'm not saying he wasn't good, it's just, it's really hard to take him seriously when it's like, you know. Josh Peck telling you there's 20 seconds still yeah, the world. I'm he also I, hasn't
1: like done a lot to like no help himself in that regard with this whole like TikTok tock and, and youtube well, well, yeah part he's made me, himself like an online presence to this to the sense where it, it's to the point where it's not just like this is the guy from a kid show like you could overcome that but then to like go on with like david dobrik or like whatever he did for so right. long, part like, of me
2: makes it harder part of me is wondering if it's like an intentional thing that nolan is doing where i feel like I mean, I guess by nature, it's like roles that are just like young white guys that you need to cast. So of course, you're going to end up with like you know your Nickelodeon yeah, people or dude, whatever. Yeah. But, but dude, it's like really I think there's an awareness of like first of all, like Nolan was basically like I cast so many movie stars in this movie because like it's a complicated narrative and you need to be able to be like oh Matt Damon. They're talking about Matt Damon right now, right. not yeah. this
0: guy. You need you need people with like face, yeah. Uh, Notability or whatever. Especially because this,
2: this is a movie that's not On its surface going to appeal to young people So you need to cast like your Josh Peck's You need to cast like did you see That interview where the, where it was like a Young guy interviewing Nolan and he's like you had a kid From Diary of Kid in the movie and Nolan's Just like Roderick rules <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like you know that like he, he Knows what he's doing to an extent where It's like you know the kid from Sky High is like In the background of what, Alex Wolf, mm-hmm. Who who yeah, you
0: know Oh my God, Alex Wolf! Yeah, this Alex Wolf.
2: A, a yeah, yeah. Who comes in for two minutes and just bodies his part? Um, Wait, who was he? He was the student that that splits the atom.
0: Oh, oh my God! You didn't recognize him? No, I mean oh, there okay. were a bunch I, of people I didn't I recognize. Didn't. Honestly, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I mean. This is just maybe the best cast of a movie I've. I've been alive I could for not it. believe. I didn't
0: know who was in it, and just more and more people just kept showing oh, cool. up. Yeah. it's like holy
1: shit. Yeah. Like you're like, whoa, this guy is in it too. Like Rami yeah. Malek, like when he shows up like two hours, and you're like, what the? F-? And he yep. like doesn't say anything until he has I know. A, yeah. It's you get hyped for it. Yeah. yeah, you're like, he's obviously gonna say it. something. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. And then like Ald- really cool. Ald- Alden Ehrenreich. I mean, I feel like we'll get into it in a little bit because yeah. he's towards like the third end of the movie. But like the fact that like his character is able to like come in like two hours into the movie and then leave such a like memorable mark but on it. He, like He's, he's, he's the, the Senate aide yeah. for Robert Downey Jr. He's, yes. the, yeah, he's yeah, one of the yeah. best parts oh of the God, movie. The he And it's yeah. all
2: like he doesn't say how he's feeling. It's just so much of it is like his face and how he says certain lines where it's like, right. you know this guy's entire life. You know like exactly yes. like how he feels about this and like Oh, God. You know what's
0: funny? My dad and I at the end were talking about it, and we were like, he uh, did. Like, we were talking about the aide, and I was like, he didn't get a name, did he? <laughs> no, <laughs> he's, just, no he's, he's just credited to Senate, Senate aide. Aid. Yeah. 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 But he yeah, was yeah.
1: like, the actor was uh, uh, Han Solo, and the solo. So he's like, he's had a whole yeah. career and everything. This is kind of like a comeback for him because yeah. they torpedoed exactly. his pr yeah he's
2: great he's this movie is filled like with a bunch of guys where it's like i will see a movie if they are in that movie totally that's
1: the
3: thing
0: that i feel like he was kind of going for with all the young dudes like, yeah. i feel like he was trying to give all these guys like you know like if you want to end up as like a leading man and like a real movie star this is going to be the movie where they go back and they're like oh yeah he really did kind of crush that role he then,
2: shined you know, in here yeah
0: yeah, the, yeah yeah and they're all it's gonna be a thing where like all, all the guys from
1: oppenheimer have their own like careers like you mm-hmm. know the, like later on the jfk line i think probably gets cut without alden aaron like, oh, right he's yeah, the only reason yeah. that that kind of works um what, yeah. what i'd say also to, so what?
0: jason clark i didn't know this guy's name he was amazing. incredible i yeah, loved yeah.
1: his performance yep yeah as um so good Scary. roger rob for those who don't yes. know the he was the one um, who was
0: cross-examining
1: yeah Obenheim. yeah so well i guess we we should we the guy should who i i
0: thought it was matthew perry for like half i, I, I did too yeah he, he looks <laughs> a lot like him
1: yeah. um yeah. but we should clarify what what we're talking about is a big part of the uh framing device for this movie is this kangaroo court that is set up uh to about the Renewal of Oppenheimer's uh, nuclear credentials and yeah. government credentials, which we find out over the course that the movie was set up by Robert Downey Jr.'s character to like intentionally uh, erode okay. his reputation. Those goddamn so, Democrats railroaded
2: <laughs> him. Those sons of bitch. Oh god. Which
1: like is just another thing, which is just executed so beautifully like yeah. that note where it just recontextualizes everything like this movie balances a- an amount of plot that I think Christopher Nolan hasn't been able to as clearly as he was with, with this one like there There's are so like,
0: much subject matter yeah <laughs> right? it's a like
1: <laughs> a lot of the time like with some of his movies I feel like I remember them more like as the concept or like as like the movie as a whole where like certain little details will like
2: get get lost in the fold whereas with this one like i wanted to know every single scene i could have watched like another hour right yeah i what what i will say is like you're talking about christopher nolan's relationship to plot i think i don't how do you feel about interstellar i think it's his second best movie after this i like it i love it
0: but it's it's. I I liked it the first time I saw it. I thought yeah. it was a little... It, it, at the time, I saw it but.
2: in high school and I had a similar thing where I was like, I, I, I feel like I'm too smart for this movie type of thing. And then you watch it again and you're like, oh, it's going for like a Spielberg emotional resonance type of thing with a lot of like scientific accuracy and stuff. I think it's like, I don't know if I'd call it a masterpiece, but I think it's a very significant, a more significant film that we'd give it credit for. I think it's a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. After that, he basically, to me, his arc is like, he he made interstellar and he's like, I've reached my dramatic peak. This is like what I've been trying to do to reach a big audience or whatever. And then he makes Dunkirk, which is like this very like sort of experimental the, obviously he's experimenting with timelines but a lot of it is just like it's not very heavy on plot i don't think the characters are even named in that movie
1: i, I think they are but like you never really but, like hear yeah them. the ones like, that I are
2: named are like the, the killian murphy's character and like the, the kids that are like on the boat yeah um, like
1: the harry styles harry and other styles guy.
2: yeah um, but like
1: i don't like i couldn't tell you anything like about those characters no like it basically doesn't have characters.
2: but yeah but it's like you know it's like a why, tone piece on purpose. and that yeah. it's on purpose and a lot of it is just visual storytelling and it's it's it's, I don't want to say like it's a more interesting film than it is great, because it's a great film. It's really entertaining. I, and would, seen it, I would say that to me. I've honest. seen it a number of times, and part of me is like, that's one of his best movies. And then Tenet is just like... <laughs> it's just like there's no plot to that movie whatsoever. Uh, I haven't seen Tenet. You, I don't know if you would like Tenet.
1: I need to rewatch watch Tenet, because the only time I saw it was with you when we went to go see Yeah, it, we the, saw it at the drive-in. The like, drive-in, because they weren't showing it anywhere because of COVID.
2: Yeah, that... that that was fun, but I, I need to watch it again. That I don't was that was an much. extraordinary film to me. Yeah, and a few significant things happen. One, Nolan realizes like he's trying to do a Michael Mann thing, where he's like the the details of the science don't really matter as much as like the vibe and mm-hmm. the music and people, the clothes that they're I'm wearing. So
0: good with that, like a soft magic kind of deal. Yeah, like, soft
2: magic. Yeah. yeah, and just like also, it's he's changing up his roster a lot. Um, he starts working with uh, the cinematographer, Hoyt von Hodema. I nope. think is how you pronounce his name. He worked with who did uh, Nope. Yeah, Nope with Jordan yeah. Peele. Beautifully shot film. And that he's a very like
0: beautiful Beautiful it, yeah. movie.
2: And it's like very unconventional framing. Mm-hmm. You know, kinds of shots you don't see in movies a lot. Um, you know, very harsh lighting. Really, really impressive work. A lot more experimental than like his Dark Knight days. Yeah. He starts working with the editor. I don't know who's editor before was Jennifer Lane. Jennifer Lane, who. Yeah is making a name for herself. She can do comedy, she can do whatever, but on like on the Nolan films that she's worked on, you can tell there's a much more like they're playing around with like, you know, how showing space and like intercutting and stuff. They're playing around with time a lot more than he used to, which works well for his plots. Um, But then he stops working with Hans Zimmer, perfectly fine composer. You know, everyone knows the dark Knight theme and he starts working with Ludwig Goranson. I think that's how you pronounce his name who for my money is the best film composer alive right now i think he's fucking good he did tenet which is basically just a travis scott album that whole score (laughs) and it's fucking it's tenet is maybe the best score of the twenty first. it's like if you you can just listen to that as like its own album and it's a fucking banger
1: it's a travis tenet travis sandwich yeah yeah yeah
2: it's it's fucking beautiful (laughs) beautiful music and I felt the exact same way about Oppenheimer. Basically, he basically changed up his roster to where he has, like, the sensibilities to relate to a big audience. But with these three people and, like, his newly found confidence, he's able to make a really experimental film that appeals to a mass audience while also just, like, scratching his itch. Like, the way the Trinity test is edited, I thought was—I I couldn't believe my Incredible. Odds. When they drop the bomb and it has the shot—they intercut it with, like, a shot that's, like— Almost a drone over, like dropping the bomb. They never show the bomb actually falling or blowing up. I don't know how it works, but just like th- there's so much, there's so many weird choices in that movie that just work so well. And then obviously you can talk about the score for days. Yeah, I've been listening to score. Can You Hear the Music over and over? The, mm. the 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 first like orchestral thing in the beginning when Kenneth Brahma yeah. is like, oh, yeah. You, you got to hear the music. You can't just like read the sheets.
1: It's like, Can you hear the numbers sing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. hear
2: them Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. I just it's really just like it feels like Michael Jordan I I I I'm trying to think about like the sports metaphor here. It feels like it feels like Michael Jordan found the Bulls. It feels like he found yeah. his Scotty Pippen. He found his his Scotty Pippen. Yeah. I love that. Pippen, yeah. 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 His Pippen his Dennis Rodman. Your choices. Yeah. That, like going I was actually plugging
0: my ears when the bomb was about to drop because i was like, bang, <laughs> bang. yeah and then it was silent and i was like holy shit that's crazy yeah.
2: <laughs> that felt like the film equivalent of like a guitar solo just that whole yeah. moment just looking yep. oh my god it was so it was building building, building, building and then just like oh my god yeah. and perfect. then he delivered the line and then bang yeah 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 <laughs> Um, and also just like the gymnasium scene that was my favorite scene in the movie just like the one little the, the little incredible. girl screaming or whatever that oh, scared, that's horrifying stuff and like the, the jump cut. scare yeah yeah that that for my okay it's either here's the thing the trinity test is one of the greatest scenes in any movie mm-hmm. ever and that's followed by the gymnasium scene which is arguably the best scene in the movie and then it's followed by the truman scene which is I mean, we'll go into Robert Downey Jr., but that is one of the greatest performances of one. He has like four lines. One scene, but yeah. Yeah, it just bodies that shit. And it's just, he has four lines, and it's a fascinating, I mean, obviously he's the president. He's a fascinating yeah. guy. But like, what is going on in that dude's mind is just, you could write a book about it. Yeah. And they have, they've written books, written about, books about Truman. They've written books about Truman. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that mix of like genuine pain of the suffering the bomb has caused and like frustration right. and like, jealousy, you didn't press the button, you didn't I press did, the button, like, yeah. but it's also like this frat boy thing of like, stop being a crybaby And like, yeah, it's like, this, you like, bitch bitch. You, like yeah. but he does feel bad a little. You kind of get the se- There's so much going on behind his eyes and yeah. And,
1: and the portrayal in the movie is just of this like demon essentially. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like this is so like, that's what I loved so much about this movie. Maybe even above all else is like the way that it's able to like separate the, the people involved in the like architecture behind this, this project and like the people who, took control of it and he like wielded the political and yeah, like yeah. military power behind like, when it. When
0: you feel him lose control over it, when it's like leaving on the cart, it's like, Oh dear God. Like <laughs> he,
1: literally I, I, I was going to know after Matt Damon gives him the line of like, I'll keep you updated as best I can. And, and like right before that, he says, can I come with you? And he just goes, what for like, and then he says, we'll take it from here. Yeah. Like from that point on, Oppenheimer is entirely, superfluous to the, the story like he never he's never able to like control
2: anything else He's no longer point. part like it. It he's goes, no longer part of it but i mean part of it is he doesn't want to control anything until after he because he just yeah. doesn't want that's who he is he's mm-hmm. like a cowardly person and he that's like
1: the end that's like the last hour of the movie and that's yeah. what i think is so but like
2: brilliant about it
0: mm-hmm. also like subtextually like he's this guy who Clearly wants to like flaunt his genius and like is not one to back away from like showing everyone that he's so smart. But then the second that it becomes like, you know, like he was, you know, exploited basically by the government. Create- he was
2: exploited, stuff. but it was a situation he put himself in. Uh, well, that's the thing. It's yeah. like, it's
0: kind of tragic in the fact that he, you know, he was like aware of what it was doing but he succumbs to his own fucking ego yeah. and cannot like help himself but like do it and robert <laughs> downey
2: jr has that line where he's like if he had the opportunity he would do it again right yeah, yeah. He, would, he would absolutely right. do it again right. um where, yeah and it's like do you want to like believe Hiroshima, that Nagasaki. that's what it was yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember for right. Remember for Trinity. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's, that's a moment where it's like, he's obviously like speaking out of like ja- his own, mm-hmm. his own self interest. Like, cause he wants his job and he's like, you're to blame, not me. Yeah. And it's but jealousy it's like, too. Oh, yeah. of course, of course. And it's, but it's like, there's also that sense of like, how much truth to this is there? Like would, would Oppenheimer do this all again? Like, would he still become the most like fam- or would he just like shut it all down and say, we're not going to do this because like they're like, and I feel well, like the idea of not he was, cause he's right.
0: You know, like early on when he says like, you can't, like, I don't know if we can be trusted with this, but, but
1: no, the Nazis, the Nazis can't. can't right. Can't, and like, yeah. right. The movie like, does a great yeah. job too, of like showing how important that is to him at the very start of the movie. Like, I, yeah. I think as close, but, right. It's
0: his people who are being killed, which by the way, I don't yeah. think they knew about camps in world war uh, Two. I think they knew. Out, I, I don't want to get into.
2: it. I, do don't, me, but yeah, I like, don't know. I don't know. Um, but I I think, I
0: don't think they did, or maybe they knew, maybe not like to the extent extent, it's
2: this weird blend of like, he is genuinely concerned. Yeah. He's concerned about German power, but he's also coming from this place of like, almost, I don't want to say it's like an empty gesture, but he does kind of have this like weird, he, he, he has this weird relationship with like wanting to make the world a better place where it's like, he doesn't make anything in the movie except for the bomb. And like he doesn't commit to communism in the sense of like I think he is afraid of what the implications are if he does sign up for the communist party, but it is it does come from this place I don't of think like he wants to I don't, I don't think he wanted to. I don't think he wants to I think he's kind of like he's having an affair ideologically with so mm. many different it's like he treats politics like he treats the women in his life where he's Damn. kind of bouncing that, between that's,
0: them that's fun that's whatever's a very, that. very fun little analogy how what, whatever's like it, most yeah.
2: convenient for him and it's also like right. nolan is such for a guy. what
0: he needs from each one yeah. what he
2: needs from each one at any given moment and it's also a thing right. of like i i said this in my letterbox review but it's like nolan is a guy who's famous for like being a family man like he produces with his wife and when he's not making movies, he doesn't own a cell phone. He's just like, don't don't talk to me until I have an idea for a movie type of thing. <laughs> and it's That's also awesome. like he, he commits to shooting on yeah. film. Yep. He's a very like devoted to his values guy. And I think what's so horrifying to him about this movie is like on the surface, it's about a guy who's nothing like him, who doesn't commit to anything. He's like, oh, I like this, but, you know, like, you know, they need me. And, like, you know, I could do I could do this. It's basically about a filmmaker who does a studio film. again. It's, like, about a guy who makes the worst version. the Dark Knight. Yeah, he yeah. makes the Dark Knight. And then he's like, what, what? I am become Death Destroyer of Worlds type of shit.
1: I am become Death Destroyer of Worlds. I am become
2: stuff. superhero movie destroyer of cinema. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I did love that as, like, a reading of this as, like, a metaphor for him destroying the superhero yeah cultural output like i and it it works like yeah like it's it's funny because it's kind of true like Mm -hmm. to the same to the same sense that the coincidence of this releasing on the same day is the movie that will probably turn the next decade into like toy movies yeah that's that's really funny and also (laughs) that is really funny
2: i said the thing about margot robbie um this is this is a movie star moment, but it's also like it could be a trap in terms of like this might be the character she plays for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Robert, this movie is such a jailbreak for Robert Downey Jr. in terms oh my of like, God, yeah, not only is it easily the best performance of the year. E- like easily the most fascinating character, but it is unlike Tony Stark in the sense that like he is playing such a charisma vacuum. He is playing such a shitty guy just on all levels, just like a petty, vindictive, like, charmless.
1: Just a shit.
2: Just a piece (laughs) of shit. And, like, you know, there's the scene where, like, you know like oppenheimer's like oh the russians don't have a bomb and robert downey jr is like um actually uh R- oppie they do and he does like a shitty little smirk yeah that's like half a second but you're just like it tells you so like what's going on in this guy's head
1: yeah he's like and you gave so it to to be yeah. Like, yeah this you know, is the starting one yeah,
2: yeah yeah have a one up like what yeah just a fucking schoolyard bully the lowly yeah. shoe salesman line oh yeah. well my God. the
0: best the best and the most effective line in the entire thing. He's so convinced that he told Einstein some shit about him that made him not like him. Oh, and yeah. He, like, you know, the aids yeah. you know, he goes... Yeah, you know, they might've been talking about something a little bit more important, man. Maybe not about you. Yeah. And it cuts from talking about how they might've just doomed humanity because they allowed this like fire to, you know, yeah. be Gorgeous. put in the hands of the governments of the world. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know,
1: the smirk, by the way, that Downey gives after that line is incredible. Like that is like his like parting note to the movie. Cause I think that's the last time we see him. And that look is just, ugh. yeah, it's like
2: devilish. I love it. Yeah um he's he he's needs great. to win the oscar i don't really see a scenario where he doesn't yeah like, it's, him, him, know, and kill, him i mean
0: dude, like killian murphy just like broke through more than i like because like, he was in you know he, he did peaky blinders yeah. i think is like his most notable role dude, that's like, like my
2: family's like, favorite show point, i need I've to watch it. it i get I told to watch it, it all the time and i
1: never have i i know he's um, he's been fumbled in, in the back
0: i can't remember my, he was in
1: the dark knight too but he's, he's been great, in, yeah. like he was um, dark knight rises he was like the guy that was like sending the scare crosses off to the like ice That's yeah scary. yeah, oh. yeah. I didn't know he was like in her, inception
0: as well like he's been in you know he's been in a bunch of things but nothing where he's gotten like this kind of like i think Piggy yeah. blinders is real uh like lead man role yeah he, uh, like this, this was unbelievable like i mean his performance you take it for granted how good that's the reason we haven't even brought it up is just because it's just like it's daunting yeah it's so good Yeah, i mean it's just so believable it's so intense and just like perfect he doesn't
2: it's it's all in his eyes like he has the same face the whole movie but like he has such a spectrum of emotion like it's all, all
0: his face too is just so interesting to beautiful look at. face like, mm-hmm. i literally
2: I, I i saw it with my girlfriend and she came out of it and he's she's like he's just a beautiful look at, like you just look at him yeah it's, it's not even like it's he's hot like, it's just like it's, no whoa. he's like, just he's like an interesting he's like, like, face not that he's ugly like, he's fact, a very attractive <laughs>
0: like man. Yeah. you just can't look away from him like his face is just like captivating
2: yeah like beautiful eyes it's
1: like the yeah when yeah. they like linger Terrifying. on him yeah. Yeah. a little bit after Damon gives the line of like, this is the most important thing that's ever happened in the world. And I'm kind of, like, cause that's like a, like, that's obviously, a, like a little bit. Yeah, no, it, it totally is. But it's like, it's overblown. And like the look Killian Murphy gives like where he knows it's overblown and over the top a little bit, yeah. like made me feel like, okay, maybe this movie is like a little bit more self-aware of the like, self-importance
2: of some of these lines then to, to be it's a very it is the most important thing that's ever happened it yeah. is it easily it, it, the yeah. most important thing i don't know if they would have said but that also time, just,
1: but. but also like the fact that like that line was in like the trailer like that that could be very easily seen as like a cell phone yeah. like this is like and then i don't know this the the look he gives after that and the fact that they the camera like lingers on him for just a second after like i i think it's a nice touch yeah yeah both of these these movies um feature a lead performance that is so good and so central to the movie that they can be easily taken for granted like that's another similarity between them i think Mm -hmm. um something else that i liked i really really liked was uh, the Jean Tatlock story arc. Florence Pugh is incredible in this, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, she's great. Yeah, and um, something that, when I went back the second time, something that was much clearer for me was in that the last time that that he sees her before her supposed suicide, um, there's clearly, like, an FBI agent following him, which you see in the one shot as he's walking up oh. the steps. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, but yeah, yeah. But
1: then... As he's like, as he's knocking on her door, in the very, very back of that shot, even, there's like a blurry presence with a suit, like watching, looking at the door number. And then, like, I, I saw people pointing out
2: then the when the black ch- gloves being drowned that you yeah. see
1: like a black glove like it looks like somebody is pushing her head under the water yeah
2: though if i've if you read the book that's like an actual theory which yeah is like, you know the, the, to be you know to be fair to the american government like he was just like having sex with a random woman that didn't have security clearance yeah could have had communist affiliations could have possibly learned about the bomb mm-hmm. i'm not saying they should have killed her i'm just saying like
1: i that, I, I, I left the movie thinking
2: like, that that was probably what happened probably though. what happened but even if that wasn't the case it's like yeah he's probably he knows it was probably like on some level it's probably his fault that right like, like she's dead like yeah. he takes the
1: blame for it yeah, yeah 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 like, internally like, like without me going to see her like she would still be alive what did you guys think of uh emily
2: blunt in the movie um
0: it was great her scene in the interrogation was really yeah good. the yeah. interrogation
2: scene turned me around on it the first time i saw the movie i was kind of like oh they aren't really I mean, they're giving her a lot to do, but it is kind of like what you would expect of this. Kind they're of doing thing. the like Christopher Nolan well, they, wife. Her, like, yeah. her role yeah. is
0: wet blanket for most of Wet the movie. blanket. Like,
2: and then like, once you get the interrogation scene, it's like, oh, okay. The whole movie was building it, like, up to this one moment. And, around, and it's like, one, one of the best. the best, like they give her, her a yeah. big moment. Yeah. And then like it recontextualizes everything. Cause it's like,
1: she talks a lot of shit in this movie. About, I loved like, <laughs> the moment when like, she sees Florence Pugh, riding him and oh, like in the, in the booth uh, like, yeah. yeah the the look that florence Pugh gives uh emily blunt in that scene like especially when her character of course isn't even there and like isn't like his probably i don't even think he's ever even met emily blunt's character and is like vaguely aware that they even exist like yeah. that she's able to like see through that into like into that and so that's like clearly like emily blunt's like perception in in her own mind and that shot Florence this that that look she gives again is just so like yeah. haunting and that's um, that's a that's one of my favorite shots in the movie and not in like a horny way. Yeah, dude, what the but, fuck, dude? Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> like it's it it looks it stares through your soul, man. <laughs>
2: it's yeah. That's that's a scene that easily could have been like a Nolanism where it's like a miscalculation of like how effective it's going to be, but yep. no, I mean, I think Florence takes a role that could have been undersung and I think makes it sing uh emily blunt too i feel like they both did yeah yeah. really 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 great work i'd be happy to see emily blunt win an oscar for that 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 was that was great i'm trying to think i'd be a
1: little i mean i guess i wouldn't be surprised if like if i had any like criticisms not not of her but like of the way that her character was written it's just like some of the like like alcoholism stuff felt a little cartoonish. It felt
2: a little dewy coxy.
1: Yeah, where, where it does feel yeah, like how? Uh,
2: yeah, but it's like how subtle can you make it? it exactly. Like
1: out. I, I was kind of like, okay, they have Not to exactly. ex, they, they have to portray this period of time in which his wife was drinking, and they had to ask their kid to like be taken by somebody yeah. else. It's a three hour and movie takes up like well, a they minute. Didn't, it's they didn't ask fine. the kid. Yeah. Yeah, well, they have to ask the neighbor to take the kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah did yeah. I say ask the kid? Yeah, you yeah, did. I but, that. but the,
0: like, that and then the the person who, uh, I, I don't remember his name, but the guy who, like, I thought it was interesting how they show what his relationship, or what, what it means to have had relationships with all these people because they knew him and, like, what he meant and, like, all of his, you know, his friends from the party and sure. these, like, terrible places and just... that's a whole aspect of it also by the way it's like the mccarthyism like watching it unfold it's very um like it's very blunt like they were just so afraid of communists it's really kind of funny Like, yeah yeah, afraid
1: and like malicious and aggressive and like i it really does a good job i think of portraying the american government of like the 1940s and 50s as just kind of like powerful bullies um, yeah. Powerful bullies yeah, was- and
2: also just like... Dickhead men. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it portrays it as a system. Exactly. Like, I, I uh, Two movies I was thinking about a lot when I watched this were... Um, I don't know if you guys have seen like Oliver Stone's movies at all. I haven't, but I really want to. JFK. I, I guess is the big one because JFK is like a, a masterpiece. It's like it's the it's a three hour movie that's just like it goes by quick because it's just like facts, facts, really, or not even facts, but just like it gets you into that conspiracy mindset right. about JFK and his assassination. But uh, I was thinking about his movie Nixon because that's also like a really it's a facet it's an empathetic portrayal of richard nixon and it's very much like why don't people like me like that sort of mm. shit um but there's that's a kind of interesting there's yeah. a great scene i don't think it i don't think it actually happened but it's a scene where he's basically at the lincoln monument and he meets a bunch of hippies and he's like, let me just rap with you, you know, like that sort of like, <laughs> let me tell you what's really going on. And they're like, why don't you pull out of Vietnam and stuff? And he explains, he's like, you think it's that easy? Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like a five minute scene. But basically he's like, you know, like I got to go through government. And like, you know, it's hard to wrestle with. And she's like, you're describing government like it's like a like a, like a caged animal or something. Like it's a lion. You got to like wrestle mm. to the ground. And I thought about right. that because it is like, yeah, sure. You can talk about Jason Clark being a villain or whatever. I'm sure he was like not a great guy robbie whatever his name is but just like roger rob. roger rob but it, it does do an excellent job of like the go- the system wants the nuclear bomb mm-hmm. and this guy is trying to take They're the bomb away takes, so we're gonna yeah. wrestle him to the ground basically we're gonna you know communism which at first was like oh you know it used to be like a fun thing you know we'd throw parties around like the college or whatever and now it's like oh you are you are a nazi because we gotta we gotta pin you we gotta basically kangaroo court you out of the country it it did a great job of like showing america almost as like an organism
1: absolutely he
2: was sort of like like a oh, yeah. like a toxic cell they had to like keep, like a bacteria that the red blood cells had to like keep out of yeah. the you know Oh, that's amazing. I'm not a scientist. No, you're you're white blood cell, I should say.
1: Like it's definitely like it it goes back to that thing of like once the bomb was built and it was taken away, like there was nothing else he could do. Like he gives that line at the end, it's like when did your moral problem start? And it's like when it became clear that they intended to use any weapon that was at their disposal. So it's it was really like like I don't know, it's it's seen he sees it as so like inevitable. I think, and to an extent, like, it is. Like, once the bomb got into their hands, it was definitely inevitable because that's just, like, a, a system that is designed to kill and to destroy and dismantle.
2: Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah. a thing of, like, yeah, I think it did a great job of illustrating, like, the mindset of the scientists versus, like, reality where it's, like, you know, obviously there's the idea of, like, you make this bomb, it ends all wars, but ultimately, it's just a state of constant escalation. And I think nobody really realized that except for Benny Safdie's character, mm-hmm. who I, re- I found out was the inspiration for Dr. Strangelove, that, car- that guy.
1: In real yeah, life.
2: that makes sense. Yeah. I could kind of see that. Just a bizarre, like, we need to build a bigger bomb type of thing. You know? Yeah,
1: I-, I loved how, like, I thought it was, like, hubris, but he actually wanted to build a he was just bomb. yeah he was, very, he was like let me blow up everything yeah. with the hydrogen you think bomb. it's like
2: for government connects and it's like no he just wanted to like build shit he yeah just really wanted, no, he was, he really was just a about, guy like, that wanted to build accent? a bomb
1: what was his accent hungarian hungarian
2: yeah oh, okay. he well, was he was like the you ever see that show, nah, dude what would happen that. no It was like a Cartoon Network. It was like Mythbusters for kids. He was like, dude, what would happen (laughs) if we build the hydrogen bomb? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We built, like, a bomb 50. Oh, um, one more character I wanted to talk about. David Krumholtz as his best friend. Oh, but the college guy. Can we go first with uh, just
1: Benny Safdie? What did you guys think of his performance?
2: Uh, I didn't love it. Like, I thought it was a little... Listen, I I just felt he was miscast. I thought he was good. I think it was... I think he's... He didn't a, really do much. He, he I, didn't I, do I much, know. and he was an incredible actor. I think a lot of these, like, big Hollywood... Not big, but, like, sort of big, you know, PTA and Christopher Nolan cast him because, you know, he's a great talent. Sure. He he can play... Per, he has a lot of range. Um, I think his best performance... I mean, Good Time's a great performance, but I think his best performance is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. I think he's very solid in that movie. As I just, like Licorice Pizza. He's great really in good. Licorice Pizza. He was yeah. great in Licorice Pizza. But I, I, yeah. he definitely I gets, like...
1: Like the, I don't, I can't remember the other actor's name in that scene off the top of my head, but he, like, I think he kind of runs circles around Benny Safdie in that movie, but Licorice
2: Pizza, I mean. Oh, 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 yeah. uh. The, the boyfriend, yeah, yeah, no, I he's yeah he's great. I can't remember the guy's name. I can't remember the guy's name.
1: But yeah, I don't know. And and this one, like, I don't know. I've seen both ends of the spectrum. Where I've seen people be like Benny Safty, I was not familiar with your game. Like you were so good. And then I've others, I've seen other people being like this is like cartoonishly bad. I also and I didn't really yeah. land on in either of those camps. Like I felt like like one he was I, given was a very totally tough dude, task. There, yeah, yeah. Like it's like you're gonna cast this guy like who I feel who at, at least people in the like around the like film scene or like have like any like knowledge of the past like five years of yeah. american cinema like know this guy as the director who's been in like a few indie movies and like you're going to cast them as this straight up hungarian scientist which that is like d- kind of the 1b villain or maybe like level two. Oh my god wait i th-
0: i thought benny saturday was someone else he was edward teller i'm sorry oh, I oh. he was good i thought he was the the pilot Holy shit.
2: <laughs> oh, the, the guy, the guy oh, who no. the, guy, the anti-communist. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought he was good. The guy
0: who they bring it. He's the one who writes the report.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: The, oh. the scary guy.
2: Yeah. The yes. the, the guy, guy that goes he, between Strauss. And yeah, these, yeah. The guy who yes, lo- looks I,
1: like he's
0: like was. anemic. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. That was uh no, I, 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 or uh, rescind everything I've said. I didn't realize that was him. He was... I thought he was good. I thought
2: he, <laughs> I I thought he was great. Well,
1: This just goes to
2: show oh, how many characters there are. In this I, I think the thing about Safdie is, like, he did Good Time, where he plays a disabled man, and it's such a convincing portrayal. Like, if he didn't know who he was, it's yeah. like, damn, like, they just got, like, an actual disabled guy to play this role. That's crazy. And then, no, and then you watch it, and you're like, oh, he's the director, and, he, you know, he has this whole relationship uh, with, like, the material and stuff, but it's like... I I think it's partially like, damn, like that was an incredible performance. And this guy on the surface should have really good range. And he does. I mean, he plays good roles. He's not like, I don't think he should win an Oscar for Oppenheimer or anything, but I think he's fantastic in the movie. But it's also the thing of like, it's a mutually beneficial thing where he's like a director and he's like a really production-minded guy. So I think he'd probably be easy to work with on that level. And like, you know, a guy like Nolan is like... sees Uncut Gems and is like, you can shadow me for this movie type of thing. Sure. Maybe not as directly, but he's like, you know, you can obviously see how I do things. It's going to be beneficial for you, and you you have an interesting face. Yeah, he yeah. does have an interesting face. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought he was really good in it.
1: I was of the mind that just it, it was a little, like, distracting for me, where I, like, if they had just cast a, like, Eastern European, like, 45 year old actor, I the, think I would have bought it a little more. Like, making him do that accent felt like it was kind of, like, setting him up to fail the, a little bit. The
2: most cynical Thing I okay, so could so, have been
1: cartoonish. I will say, so. I have a, an objective uh
0: point of view from this because I had no idea that, that was even him. I was confused about what the accent was, and as I did not know that it was Benny Sapti trying to do some kind of vague Eastern European accent, I just thought it was like, like you know, like Austrian or something like that you wouldn't immediately think of, mm-hmm. um, for you know, like one of those kind of like Eastern Bloc countries or whatever. Um but he i thought it was good i again i i just thought his character was compelling i thought it was like um he was a fun little play off of uh off of oppenheimer who had like a lot of trepidations about going into you know what they were doing and he was like it needs to be more we we're not doing enough. yeah
2: (laughs) and it's like there's something to be said about a character where it's like you know he's very much in the pocket of like we need to build the biggest bomb possible but it's like you know at least he has a position He's not just like pussyfooting around like i don't know like, yeah hey, we shouldn't it's true Oppenheimer has no uh what like, should we well, do yeah at least this yeah. guy's like yeah i'm a monster like, let, like let's let me go build the bomb yeah let's, let's just get on get me that. in there coach yes yeah. i'm ready to play i'm ready to play exactly
0: i also wanted to mention yeah. i so it was funny because knowing that this movie was three hours long I knew that it was about the like the making of the bomb but i hadn't even considered like what
1: else it was about yep. <laughs> like sure just, like, yeah. I, didn't I didn't really know about
2: life, the the communism know, it was stuff
1: i loved yeah, how much that. time it had for that and yeah. like yeah. how much it like kind of respected like what it was depicting the bomb and, like... was
0: like the secondary story the main yeah. story was its relationship with the government which i thought was really yeah. interesting like yeah. i
1: was not expecting that at all like florence um, Pugh shows up cool. and he's like ownership is theft right and she she goes no property is like property. most most American blockbusters wouldn't give communism or left-wing ideology like even a spare mention I think yeah I, exactly
0: I, or at least I, put it maybe well, that's like, not true
1: anymore but there were, certainly be. was a time where it was um <laughs> right well it's like I don't know I guess in that sense I got like I felt a little similarly as like um Warren Beatty's Reds which is another three-hour epic that yeah. is more directly about like the 1917 russian revolution and like american writers the nature of left-wing yeah yeah, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. um and like the i also thought of that that movie during the casey affleck scene where they say like he went back to russia in 1918 and fought bolsheviks like he was against like the left-wing revolution in Russia. Like he yeah. killed those people and then I left the movie at least the second time around with the very strong implication that he killed Gene Tatlock as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um he, or he was like involved with it. Yeah. Um, but I was also thinking about Lawrence of Arabia a lot when I saw this movie. Um which I don't know if you've seen I haven't, so go with it. I well, I to hear it. T E Lawrence is a really interesting guy. He was sort of uh I don't know if this is for sure but it's like suspected that he was like a closeted gay guy Mm. so he's like you know uh, a British soldier stationed in Cairo and he doesn't really get along with people Um, and they're kind of just like you know we're gonna they don't really fuck with him so we're gonna like banish not banish you but we're gonna assign you to like Arabia and you're gonna like sort of give an assessment on like the like Arabian leaders if they're allies with us like how they're doing what kind of weapons they need and he goes there and basically the whole movie is like he falls in love with the desert and you know, basically the freedom it offers. He has this line where he's like, I love the desert. Like it's clean. Um, and he falls so in nice. love with the, uh, Arabian people in this sort of like, he has this relationship with them. They're almost like pets to him where he has a great appreciation for their culture and them, but he's like, you know, they're not as smart as like, Finds us. Them like yeah, he yeah. Himself. but he yeah. does have like this genuine love and sympathy for them, but it's kind of warped into all these things. And eventually the movie is like, he leads them to overtake like the Turkish empire And he sort of paves the way for British colonialism in the Middle East. He's Um, their
1: Jake Sully. He
2: is their Jake Sully. (laughs) And the movie ends with, like, (laughs) basically, they establish, like, Iran and Palestine and just, like, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it's, like, you know, he walks away from it with this sadness of, like, damn, like, that's the most important thing I'm ever going to do. Which is, like, and the most, like, exciting thing I'm ever going to do. Which is also tied to Oppenheimer. But it is, like, he's sort of cursed these people. And right. he sort of cursed this part of the, he's cursed humanity in a way. Which I mean, you know, one you can say like the beautiful imagery of like the Los Alamos set and stuff like that in Oppenheimer. But it yeah, also that is- was- Oh, by the way, Matt Damon. Speaking of which, uh, oh my god, incredible! Matt incredible. Damon was amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I
1: thought it was. He plays a very similar character to the one he did in Air, like yeah, a couple really? of months ago. Another where, great performance. Yeah, Another, no, where yeah, he's like the like just to like tough yeah. as nails guy who like knows his shit, and he like discovers the goat, whether yeah. that be yeah. Michael <laughs> Jordan or J. Robert yeah, Oppenheimer. He discovers
2: the goat of like. Cursing like doing. Doing. Yeah. Like the, the goat
1: of yeah. just doing something completely well, psychotic, the goat
2: of
0: keeping secrets.
1: He,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: he added a lot of levity to the movie. That I yeah. think, like, like, he the single line, like, the hardest I laughed, which is I, again not necessary in this movie, but I did laugh when he's just like, There's some funny he what he needs, and he goes, Yeah,
2: give him a town. <laughs> <It's> yeah, like, <laughs> for me, the best give line was, Um, town. uh, it's Oppenheimer and Matt Damon, but Oppenheimer is like there's one hope if we want to win the arms race anti-semitism and it's oh, this yeah. pause where matt damon's like what does what? that mean <laughs> and <laughs> like then he goes what? into like because hitler hates scientists and it's like oh yeah okay. oh yeah right yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he thought, sure. like, <laughs> yeah
1: rocket science is like jewish science. he says like physics um, or jewish yeah right. jewish science yep i read a book last year that i like i kind of wanted just to shout out because i felt like similarly reading that as I did to this. it was um, when we cease to understand the world, which is like a blend of nonfiction and fiction and it's about like a bunch of different like mathematicians and physicists and um, it's a bunch of like short stories and then a very long essay and like the the essay involves like Heisenberg and Bohr. so it has like a lot of it's a little bit before the events of this this movie. But um, it, it does give that kind of like similar sense of like all of these different characters. Um, and towards the, the start of that book, there's also a great uh, de- descriptor of um, what chemical attack is like. And it's not this particular chemical attack, but um, it, it's basically just of like how people that were in the area were just... This, the brutality of the manner in which they were succumbing and the totality of which it just wipes out everything I think is like in terms of like what you can show and think like you can easily piece together this movie, um, that book. And I would also say um, Hiroshima, Mona Moore, the um, Alan Renee film, which incredible film. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started watching it again after Oppenheimer and um, another one where like that, that one starts off where uh, it's a Japanese man and a French woman uh, and they're conversing and it's like, 15 years after the bombs dropped and she's saying like i when i went to museums and i saw the like remnants and i like saw what happened and
2: everything and he's basically saying no you you know nothing of what happened which which is a powerful film one because it's like it opens on this montage where it's like if you're not japanese you will inherently never understand like the impact of hiroshima right just on like, i was a, thinking about that too like a it's a emotional level of god like, a nightmare Pain. like like melt yeah. like literally just sinking into pavement in the streets and shit Jeez. and fucking yeah 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 nightmare. Like-
1: that that's why some of like the, the critiques of like he should have like showed it or he didn't go i, I deep fundamentally enough. do not understand i, that I don't critique believe whatsoever. in that yeah. i don't know
2: how you went into yeah. that movie expecting them to like show hiroshima
1: no you, yeah you no. Can, best
2: case scenario um, they would have showed also, it. Yeah.
0: it's not the point like
2: that's it's not no. the,
0: like, this faceless like operation that the government is show- well not faceless because you see the faces but just yeah. this like unstoppable machine that the government is yeah. like to it, the people like that are just
2: being called.
1: victimized yeah. by it.
2: Yeah. And also yeah. it emphasizes like, I think uh, not that it wasn't haunting for Oppenheimer as a man, but he was a guy who never apologized for it and chose his words very carefully. He was never like, he knew what the implications were, but he wasn't like, I shouldn't have built the bomb. I think right. the bit it underlines the fact that the fear isn't like, Oh my God, I killed two hundred thousand people though it's a bad thing the future. It, the future which is like inevitable nuclear armageddon like it these right. bombs are gonna go off someday right and I, i'm the one that that caused it mm-hmm. you know
0: but the thing is i mean I, like with the existence of teller being in the room during all this like if yeah. he didn't do it but he else would have so it's like you know
2: he also would have and like the the, the race is going to continue whether you like it or not right yeah
0: it's I, it's terrifying because yeah. it was like it's happening like it just feels like this like this like force that's coming and there's nothing that you can do and
1: do like, you
2: do you remember the the handshake with teller
1: yeah when, when uh, yeah, i remember like i remember the one that he gives and the one emily, yeah, emily blunt, blunt turns does down. not yeah. in real life
2: oh oh, oh yes yeah, yeah in real life after hand. she turned him down he went home and cried good yeah fucker fuck you well i don't know yeah yeah fuck you i mean it seems like he's a bad guy <laughs> no so. I, I, yeah kid, kid, shout out to kitty oppenheimer one yeah. of the ride or die ladies uh a real one though a real one shout out to gene tatlock too you you
1: jason like yeah. i was honestly surprised at how much like the first hour of this movie was about the first chad physicist like just the guy yeah. that would just go like was fucking. He, was he all a Chad? Because I mean, I mean it seemed like they, it. they
2: put him next to Josh Hartnett, and it's like, yeah, n- no, because like Robert's like, I get all the ladies. They put him next to one of the most beautiful men alive, Josh Hartnett. For, yeah, <laughs> I,
3: it's like,
2: I guess
1: if he wasn't played by Killian Murphy, it might where it, you it might, might see not his have had that skeleton like, the entire film. Yeah, where like, <laughs> like if had that as strong of a sense but it's It's a guy who strove to be a chad and i mean chad in like a negative sense too he he was in training he was in training yeah (laughs) it's like where he shows up and he like ignores his brother's girlfriend like immediately so yeah what a cool guy (laughs) yeah no that's what i mean so it's like clearly
2: he just like sees himself as like he just like passes through was it like he didn't like her because she was just a communist like she actually joined the party
1: i i don't know i i think it was just like he didn't care about women maybe I don't know. I think that was like, part of it. Yeah. Like I think
2: it might be just like so, a
1: couple different things. Like he just didn't give her the, the time of day for like, whatever reason.
0: Uh, I, I was shocked that he was like a normal guy. Like he was like a, like a regular person who just yeah. also happened to be a genius. Mm-hmm. Like he was egotistical and maniacal in his own way and like whatever. But
1: um, he just
0: seemed like a regular person, yeah. Like you know, which I was not
1: expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like also what I was talking about, like it, it adds to like that, that layer like when when they're like oppenheimer you just gotta be yourself and then christopher nolan cuts to like he's like picks up the hat and it's like oh, yeah 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 that's like <laughs> like,
2: a, like a superhero exactly like, donning his cape like, or something
1: like that happened and i was like fuck yeah and then i was like wait a minute what am
2: i rooting yeah, for yeah 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 <laughs> it's just a really yeah it's a movie about an awesome guy <laughs> mentally
1: just a cool dude just a really cool In terms of movies about awesome guys uh wolf of wall street yeah oppenheimer I, yeah. good fellas That's just a bunch of sick dudes I want to
2: see in the same way that there's like a million Steve Jobs movies I want to see like other filmmakers take on Oppenheimer I want to see Paul Schrader's right? Oppenheimer Yeah. what does Greta Gerwig's Oppenheimer look like I, I think Spike Lee could make an incredible Oppenheimer film
1: I think he could yeah, yeah. he would use his dolly shot so perfectly oh god <laughs> damn damn
2: yes 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 absolutely
1: um, I don't know I was so satisfied with this take on it like I felt like the fact that it's politics are pr- pretty fantastic i thought like going into this like i was pretty pr- pretty questionable about christopher nolan's politics too like and not in the sense of like you know in the sense YouTube of like you, the movie's gonna end
2: with like damn it sucks that we had to bomb hiroshima but like we <laughs> did
1: yeah like i don't know i, I was re-watching like my dad had The Dark Knight rises on before we went to see Oppenheimer, and like I was watching part of that, and that that movie just doesn't move. Like it has no like momentum to it. I was very surprised at. I I remembered liking it, and then when I watched it again, I was just this doesn't. That's a movie that's
2: just like the whole movie is. He's just like like it's it's like the it's like the part in the new mission impossible where he's like on the train they're just like running as the train is falling (laughs) off the cliff like they're just barely like grabbing to olive branches and shit to like keep the story moving yeah
1: like i didn't care about like the hole or any of that yeah point being i left this movie much more convinced that christopher nolan has sound politics than i've really ever had before and like not to say it's perfect like sure. they, you know it's kind of impossible to make this to make a, a movie about this topic and about these subjects like without any real like I, yeah imperfections like I, without like the the movie itself experiencing like some sort of ego
2: death i think but, yeah the best yeah. decision this movie probably made from a structural standpoint is like politically, it's sort of in the same vein of Oppenheimer, where it's kind of approaching these questions with a more, like, philosophical bent than well, it, it is, just, like... it
0: just presents everything and it yeah, leaves to...
2: Yeah, it's very know. objective and I think any conclusions it draws is something that, like, it's a universal message of, like, we're yeah. fucked. It isn't like a global... It isn't like a climate change movie where it's, like, a subsection of the audience is gonna be like, this is bullshit. Like, you know, everyone is afraid of nukes. Everyone yeah. is very terrified of the implications of... Yeah. any world There's, government holding like a nuclear bomb being
0: erased yeah, yeah. like yeah. yeah being erased yeah the, the scene where he talks about why they're not bombing kyoto oh oh yeah,
2: yeah.
1: hilarious
2: jesus christ it's terrifying Just, uh,
1: like comically terrifying yeah. Use, yeah. yeah
2: that's <laughs> that's like crazy. that's probably yeah. like it's it's a nolanism but it's like holy shit like we needed that because that that, yeah. that was a real guy who did that yeah, that yeah, actually yeah. happened yes, that's yeah. True, yeah. that really Fucking happened nice. yeah
1: what's what doomed the entire city was just that guy's vacation like yeah that like that i think well more summarizes saved. yeah the, it
0: saved another well it city. saved one kill, yeah i mean <laughs> saved one doomed another yeah yeah and um, it's like
2: you know o- oppenheimer being such a pussy in that scene yeah <laughs> so we're going to bomb one city okay two city si- okay cool yeah two we're cities like, well, that's great i don't have any legislative power yeah you know i mean you you this is your car dude you're (laughs) driving this where you want to go you (laughs) guys can make
1: this happen however you want listen man you know i one thing that i i really liked was just how i felt by the end that it had deconstructed the biopic itself like and rejected the idea that one person could be of importance when we're dealing with like a subject matter like this like by the end of the movie like i feel like His legacy just felt like peanuts compared to the systemic rot that like we've you know especially with that third act that we have been exposed to so severely and like that third act is like it's the best cat for me because just like and and i was watching it i was like how would someone with a more who doesn't have like an unhealthy obsessive relationship to like mccarthyism like feel about this like are they going to be bored or like not going to like want to like follow it and i the the sense i've gotten is that people are into it and that makes me really happy because like it's not it's not every day that you get a movie of this scale that's able to communicate a message like that so clearly yeah.
2: to a wide audience in a very like I think you that. action heavy way exactly very dialogue yeah. driven very
1: where it's not all like a metaphor for I, like yeah. a superhero i don't know award. how this doesn't
2: win like best screenplay or something because like it's just all dialogue driven and it keeps you involved. You have a full understanding of not only what's going on, but, like, why people are doing what they're doing and, like, names and faces. I just, I thought it was, like, remarkable. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it I, I want to read the book. I really want to read yeah, it. Yeah, I think it, I might, too. It's just going to be that, but more. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I, I kind of want to know, like, what conclusions the book draws as opposed to the movie. Because, like, I, because like what for, from what I understood, like, the book sort of, skeptically reached the conclusion that gene tatlock committed suicide and like i said from what i saw the second time this felt to me like a director trying as hard as he could to not explicitly
2: refute that while saying he while also saying i think the fbi killed her i'm sure if you asked christopher nolan he'd be like you know i don't know Uh, yeah yeah yeah, like that like because
1: they there were like so many little touches that you they wouldn't put in unless like that
2: was yeah that that felt like it. such an oliver Sto- there's so that that feeling is like all it. of jfk i need to wa- yeah I got that watch movie JFK. is absurd <laughs> do you know what happens in that movie i know
1: that it's like a systemic like about the assassination and it's about it, the like,
2: assassination but ultimately like i, I don't know it if it's what oliver stone democracy. believes but like Maybe tommy lee jones and joe pesci are like a gay mafia and they killed him <laughs> because they're like friends with cuba and they just wanted to be like gay pedophiles and like do oh all that God. and the movie ends with them taking him to court and winning the movie ends with them going to jail for jfk's assassination oh my God. it's i didn't right. mean to spoil no, but it's like it is fine. like, that, it is like that's that's crazy i've had so many conversations where it's like the movie's <laughs> bullshit i'm like that's not the the point is just like
1: that's not it, it is
2: such a I mean, it was made in 1990, but it's like such a QAnon mindset movie where it's like, it gets you in that feeling of like, okay, but like they would we see the lizard eyes in this photo yeah, right, yeah yeah everyone you know is in on this like you know <laughs> right. I think I saw somebody compare it to like
1: this is like if you spent 200 million dollars on a movie about how Israel did 9 11 yeah
2: it, it's it, it yeah it, it's absolutely that kind of vibe it's like an absurd and Kevin Costner is like the most white bread lawyer like <laughs> I do declare justice will be served today <laughs> I need to watch that look movie. at the picture look at our king our fallen king. <laughs> And these oh, bastards
1: yeah. <laughs> its it like Kevin Spacey and House of Cards.
2: It is that kind of and, and that's another movie where it's like every five minutes. It's like, oh shit, John Candy's going to come in <laughs> and do like this crazy. And he's like steal the scene. Donald Sutherland's yeah. going to be like, like Mr. X and he's going to come in and be like, you know, the the, the mafia killed him. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, like on a, on a scene by scene basis, I think this is the last like the last movie to have so many consistently fantastic scenes back to back that I can think of since like 2019. The Irish with like The Irishman and yeah. Uncut Gems and yeah. Once Upon a Time
2: in Hollywood mm-hmm. and Parasite. That's uh, movies and that a you bunch just... of those that year. No, but Maybe Parasite really is like that's just a great experience. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Irishman. Not that it makes yeah, them better more movies. Scenes. It's more like you can come into the Irishman at any point and just like have a great time. Absolutely. Just because the, all, all the scenes are like their own little movies. Yeah. And I think Oppenheimer Oppenheim totally shares like that, that quality. Yeah. And I think Killers of the Flower Moon could share that. Um. I mean, we shall see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'll, I'll come on for that episode. Please. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm Let's fucking stoked it. on that.
1: Do we have anything else to say about Oppenheimer, Brody?
0: Um. Go watch it.
1: Yeah. yeah go. If- go yeah. get some popcorn go um, yeah. go hype up this this young independent director you might you might have heard yeah. of him by the name of Christopher Nolan
2: uh, yeah yeah
0: he's kind of underground
1: you yeah. might not have heard of him yet. take your dad Yep. Uh, your dad's gonna love it
2: and your mom my yep. dad loved it well i'm gonna be taking your mom to the to <laughs> movies to <see laughs> um, oh memory.
1: i already uh, took your mom you to go see this yeah. one, but you, you ready you need to uh time. really
0: pay attention like
2: <laughs> yeah it's yeah open your eyes when you watch Oppenheimer, and just
1: it's, Seth do you see seth rogan called it the ideal edible
2: experience do not do not that get makes, high do Oppenheimer. don't do that I you will not no have a good time
1: yeah, Seth Rogen is just Seth a man Rogen did a, not
2: see Oppenheimer before saying that, or, or
1: and or he's just a man with a drug addiction. <laughs> yeah, bro, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like dude, this is just like
0: just like everything else. This is perfect.
2: This for is being you gotta see this movie. <laughs> this isn't while about high. the movie, but if you're thinking about like any like event that you, like <laughs> like oh I gotta go to the bank and like it's gonna take two hours and you're thinking about like what kind of weed you need to smoke before. <laughs> to like maximize your experience, you have a drug problem and you should turn off this podcast and come and
1: see perfect sativa experience.
2: Yeah. 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 If you're like pairing like not even like a cool drug like weed with like the kinds of like dumbass movies you're watching how about touch, no touch grass that's probably the most touch grass or do yeah. cocaine but not those are that the two grass. yeah touch 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 some powder you know what i'm saying if you're going to cause a problem in your life cause a problem don't like don't be like oppenheimer and like dip your toe in being a cool guy go all go full drug addict we just close out our our episode
1: by endorsing cocaine. Yeah, there Oppenheimer
2: is smoking mids, and then Teller is just like railing ketamine <laughs> that whole movie.
1: Teller <laughs> is just going off.
2: Truman's like, you got you got to do those premium rolls.
1: Strauss is trying to like <laughs> s- scrape together whatever hits of resin he has left. <laughs> yeah, Strauss
2: is like, I I, I burn, okay guys. <laughs> he's I- trying to convince everybody. Yeah, I burn. He like, I burn. <laughs> and then the end of the movie is just him going green. That's why he's staring off in the distance. <laughs> uh, Man, this is stuff. wow, what a riff. Was yeah, great. This is fun, guys. Yeah. This is a great time. Yeah.
1: I think that's gonna wrap it up for us today on the Mudville podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Seamus Mulhern oh, thank you. Uh hey, Seamus, exactly. do you have anything anything you want to plug anywhere that the people can find you? Growing boy coming out soon.
2: Yeah, um, I guess. Um, follow me on Instagram but we're going to be posting updates about uh, my short film that's coming out called Growing Boy um, I had a great time making it we're currently finishing up editing right now uh, it's about leg lengthening surgery um, uh, a kid who feels he's too short and he ends up getting surgically longer legs we're hoping people like it uh, it's a little scary a little funny um, romantic no it's there's no romance <laughs> in it so that's fine it's only 10 minutes so there's not really a lot of room for that um, but no, it's, it's really good. Um, it should be online by the end of the year. But yeah, if you want to just yeah, follow yeah. me on social media for updates on it, um, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Hell yeah.
1: And that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I think Brody will be back in the Mudville studio in person next week. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. None with
0: this remote bullshit, we'll be uh, back I'm in the office. Well, <laughs> the people
1: have. Thank you so much to anybody who stuck through with us. Uh, we we had a great time doing this. Incredible. And we will see you guys next week uh, when we talk about some trades that have happened and are going to happen. Back to John. Lot of baseball next week. Hell oh, yeah. Goodbye.